Hello everyone, welcome to the show. You are watching Art Brunch, the flagship show on the travel agency. You may be watching this show somewhere else today. We typically host them only on Twitch, so if you happen to be tuning in from somewhere other than that, uh, welcome to the show, welcome to the stream. The best conversations right now take place on in our Twitch chat room. So if you are interested in conversing with our community, uh, head over there, twitch.tv forward slash the travel agency. Linkhold, what's up, dude? He says yeet. Um, so if it's your first time watching the show, if it's your first time watching the stream, I want to tell you a little bit about what the travel agency is. The travel agency's mission is to nurture a digitally native platform that hosts contemporary art making, produces art-centered entertainment, and provides digital residencies with multimedia exhibition opportunities for emerging artists. We present contemporary art in, a, in an approachable manner and provide tools and expertise to artists to share their practice in new ways. Our live media programming, which you're watching right now, cultivates unconventional audiences, promotes understanding through interaction, and provides alternate avenues for public interest and support for the arts. Each week, uh, every Sunday, Art Brunch hosts a member of the art community to talk about contemporary art in a casual way. Um, so yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you are interested, if you are not subscribed to our YouTube page, um, we're posting a lot of archives and a lot of new content over on YouTube. So I just wanna provide you all with that link um, if you're interested in checking out our YouTube, uh, that would be really helpful. Um, so just toss us a subscription over there. It's free. Um, and we'll have more exciting stuff to share with you all about ways and avenues and additional content coming from the travel agency soon. So uh, follow us on Twitch for that. Keep up with us wherever it feels good and feels comfortable to you. I am going to introduce or just really not introduce, he needs no introduction. Just welcome in friend and co-collaborator, co-captain, Jake Leach. I am doing well. <clears throat> Good morning. My voice is a little slow to wake up. It seems like I just have a little, little throat rust, a little morning rust, but uh, as time goes on and I get some of this, this drink in me, um, we'll, get it, we'll get it going. How are you? Oh, go ahead. Oh, hold on a second, Jake. It seems like the desktop audio is not working. One second. I'll practice my, my voice. Maybe it's working now. Good? I think so. We're feeling good? I think... <coughs> Try it again. Hello, hello. Check. Yeah, that twos. should work. Okay. So, um, what I was saying was, I had some, yes. I had some throat rust, and then you were, you were talking about, uh, you were talking about, 
Yes, I think we got the, the audio problems fixed. Thanks, chat. Um, what were you talking about? Oh, just making an entrance, you know. Yeah. Sometimes I'm, it's not having any audio at all. That's I, the best kind of entrance. I know? toss it over to you, but I don't really give you much to work with, except like a nice like hi, you know? Yeah. But then that's that's where we can we can ping and pong here, you know. We can really make this mm. a collaborative effort to get the show off the road, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right, off the road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, genius name for the game, ping pong. It is. I mean, what else could it be called? Tiddlywinks. I don't even want to venture to guess. Oh, okay. I think ping pong is is truly the greatest, and I think we should just stick with it. That's going up against a behemoth, right? I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the best names for a sport out there. Besides, like, squash, maybe? I don't think squash indicates at all what's going on in squash. <laughs> oh, table so tennis, you, says so, TV. So you, like, you only like sports that have, what is that, like, where the word sounds like the thing that it is? What is that term? Oh, Let's get the, an yeah. onomatopoeia? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah. Although squat, anyway, yeah, anyway. I mean, you do kind of squash, squash the ball, but it's not like <laughs> a big squash of the ball. Yeah. Welcome to Sport Brunch Chat. Uh, this is where we chat about onomatopoeia sports uh, during brunch. It's great. That's what you're all here for, right? Lincoln says, Tetris is my favorite sport. Uh, I like mentally, that makes sense, yeah. There's like a, there's one thing that was like, name the the greatest video game protagonist of all time and somebody posted uh the straight line piece in tetris <laughs> and, and i think that that's very accurate wow so shout out to liney um <laughs> we have a guest today our guest is aaron owens a friend of yours mm -hmm. you brought aaron to the stream we'll get to that in a second but i wanted to read Aaron's bio um, as a, a method of introducing him. Aaron Owens' work focuses on marginal landscapes in the intersection of human and natural forms. Themes within his artistic practice often touch on questions of surveillance, the splintering of man from nature in popular imagination, and what a holistic approach to modern ecology looks like on the ground and from above. After graduating from Sacramento State with a BS in geography, Aaron began to translate the observational and technical skills essential to the discipline into an artistic practice. His work has been shown at Washington University in St. Louis, uh, Granite City Arts and Design District, and We Gallery, Galleries, uh, Hong Kong. I totally messed that up. His work has appeared in View Magazine, Tube Magazine, The Moon Zine, and been featured in collaboration with music labels Distant Bloom, Denzu Artifacts, and Denzu Artifacts. He currently lives and works in St. Louis, Missouri. So, uh, everyone, please give a warm welcome to our guest, Aaron Owens. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Happy to be here. Yeah, I, and then this is another opportunity, Jake. You know, I just I just throw it to the guest, throw it to the you know the person being here. You know, maybe I should like oh, this happens sometimes. Be like, <laughs> we're getting it out the gate. We're just gonna we're gonna let it. <laughs> Can you not see me? Well, at least I'm, I'm Oh, there we go, Rick. We're back. Okay. Oh, okay. I was still getting you. You were on a roll. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um. Anyways, 
for those of you tuning in, our guest is Aaron Owens. Welcome to the show. So, Jake, you introduced me to Aaron. How how did you two come to uh, know each other? Well, I knew Aaron, I would say, as like a scene acquaintance, certainly, uh, a, a pal that I would see at shows uh, primarily at uh, the Schlafly Tap Room um, at Nathan Cook's Bruxism uh, series, uh, which is an incredible show. Um, it's three acts, um, all of various uh, experimental spectrum of t uh, sounds. And I guess, Aaron, were you like the resident photographer for that event? Yeah, I, I kind of uh, uh, foisted myself onto Nathan. Um, <laughs> he had been doing those Brexism shows for a, a while, and uh, um, I had been taking pictures on my own, and um, I was inspired by a trip uh, to Treefort uh, Music Festival in Boise. Um, a, a friend of mine was heavily involved with, uh, and I had been going to for uh, a number of years. Um, and so it kind of coincided with that. I was feeling excited about music and, and stuff. And so I emailed Nathan and was like, can I start, to, like, I don't know what I'm doing, but can I take pictures of your show or whatever? So, yeah. Um, and he's, uh, he's yet to get rid of me. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's, uh, yeah, that was the first time uh, that uh, we met, at least from a distance. Uh, you played one of those Bruxism shows and I uh, um, was photographing. So, um, and then uh, that gave me a good excuse to become like social media friends with a lot of folks in the experimental music scene. Um, you know, I'd take their picture and then try to be friends with them on Facebook or yeah. Instagram <laughs> so that I could be like, I know you don't know me, but I got pictures of you if you want them. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> well, you were just there for the clout. We get it. We get it. Whatever, Aaron. It wasn't for the art. You just wanted to meet all these cool people like me and Nathan. <laughs> No, but yeah, I mean, I mean it is the magic of like the photographer of being like, yeah. hey, not only do I have a picture of you that's a extremely cool, but be like, of you performing, which mm -hmm. I think is even like an additional layer of like, ooh, I I really like this the the amount of like like there kind of is no like calculatable worth number associated with that because it's just it's 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 beyond you, you know the world of how much that's worth so. Um, so thank you for your service in that way and, and for doing and doing that. But also, like, I love just that machine of that show was just like, you know, every show was free. Um, I, the artists, from what I recall, get paid very well. Um, there was always like a free print or a free tape. And then there's a resident incredible photographer like taking photos like I'm like, this is how every show should be, you know, and it's like a really inclusive, um, <clears throat> like, both like in sonic spectrum of the music, but then also like every kind of person played. And it's just, it's, I, I really miss it. I mean, I miss shows. I imagine you do too, but I, I feel like there was a certain magic at those particular shows um, in general. So, yeah, I mean, I, I got so much out of uh, those Bruxism shows. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that they'll continue, uh, you know, here someday, but uh, you know, I probably went to, I mean, he's, he did over 40 of them. So, oh, wow. uh, and I, I think I went to probably at least, I think I went to probably about 20 of them, 15, 20 of them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, so, you know, coming, coming back to St. Louis and, uh, you know, you have old friends and stuff, but, uh, you know, being mid to late twenties and trying to find like a new community, new friends that kind of meet you where you are now and stuff. Uh, I think Bruxism really helped kind of, uh, just help me with that. So help me find like-minded folks, uh, a community of people. And I mean, that's all Nathan's doing. Um, so, For sure. um, 
we'll shout out uh, Nathan Cook out there if he's watching. Um, and then uh, what got us to today is, you know, I followed you on Instagram and I just started seeing your drone work and, you know, we'll get all up into that. But that's yeah. uh, was just a long time uh, fan of your work and was just like, I we got to get Aaron on the show. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he's, <clears throat> as we come to find out later, hey, there's my vocal rust, Rick. There you go. Thanks See, a lot, bro. You're you getting the rust out. Here, you know. And knock the rust off. We just there ate we pancakes go. last week. We got a little rusty. <laughs> I'm still... Still recovering. And pancakes oxidized uh, the vocal cords. Yes, exactly. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, so I want to thank Rick for having his version of Bruxism, which would be Art Brunch. <laughs> this has honestly been my my Bruxism for another excuse to just get to know either people I've already sort of known or just a deep dive on folks who I've never met before. And so it's been this is this is my opportunity to yep. socially climb and get to meet folks in the digital sphere so i accept your gratitude and then quickly move on um <laughs> so the what's the connection between the shows and here it comes again <laughs> what the uh what the bruxism actually means like grinding your teeth i was gonna say yeah does anyone know i like i i mean i think it's just a cool term for grinding your teeth bruxism, yeah. but i don't I don't think I know exactly. Is there a lot of drug I'm, use at these shows? <laughs> I mean, who's to say, Rick? Okay, uh, that's I mean, all the uh, answer that I need, I guess. There's there's some uh, there's some abrasive acts that uh, would occasionally perform. So I think that uh, <laughs> I think the term fit. Uh, maybe not all the acts, but maybe certainly some of them. So I'll I didn't I didn't know that that's what it meant. Um, I I I thought it was like some some like architectural like i thought it was like a reference to like some kind of like architectural thing because it seems like that could like bruxism could be a, a moment in architecture history but like, uh, like brutalism kind of yeah yeah <laughs> um so that's like where i immediately went but it's good to know the the definition and um the types of things i would need to bring with me to go to a, a bruxism show yeah be careful mm -hmm. wear, yeah. The, wear your mouth guard for sure i think that's absolutely needed for that the uh the chap belongs to Linkhold now says Linkhold. Okay. Um, he, he tends to own the chat anyway, so that's good. That's true. I want that space for him. So we have a beverage to rate today. Um, we do. Yeah, Jake, you wanna you wanna fill us fill us in here? Yeah. Well, everyone, welcome to the canned crucible. First of all, uh, for those tuning in for the first time, the uh, the canned beverage. Oh. <laughs> I talked over it. I'm so sorry. No, it was, it was actually good. You want to run it again? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, so, yeah, canned beverages, all about the cans. We love cans. Uh, big aluminum fans over here. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, this time we have a canned green coffee drink known as uh, Cobra Verde. You can pick this up at your local mm. Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. The can is very green. Um. And uh, before we, I think we really get in there and get our uh, group pop, as we call it, uh, could do a little bit of can copy. Rick, yeah. I get, I kind of introed this one. Why don't you do the can copy this time? Oh, I don't. Like switched roles a little bit here. Oh, okay. You... Yeah. Awaken to the greener side of coffee with Cobra Verde, an exhilarating, all-natural coffee drink that is refreshment in its purest form, harnessing the power of green coffee beans. And invigorating citrus flavor. Cobra Verde is clean, green energy you can rely on. Wow. 
this is this is a this is a trooper. This one fights for you. This is a fighter drink, I guess. Yeah. Um, the the option was between Cobra Verde and I actually myself got the uh the alternative Paleo Verde. Um okay. just because you sent me that and I thought, wow, this is uh this looks even crazier. But I'm glad that we stuck with one that seems like reasonable. Like this one is a cobra, which is yeah. a natural thing, but it's an animal. It's something that I can hold as an idea yeah. inside of my head. This one is a volcano and which is made out of rocks and lava and yeah. like various gases that I don't understand. And I I don't think that I can hold the idea of a volcano in my head. No, uh, I, I hear that. Linkhold says, fun fact, Verde is Spanish for green. No way. <laughs> that's crazy. No way. And the can's green? Dang, bro, that's crazy. Um, well, before we really get into this, Aaron, I'm curious, have you ever tried, and I'll answer my own question, I haven't, green coffee before? No. I didn't even, I did not know it was a thing. So that's how far away I am from. Okay. So it's like a green coffee extract, I think. And so it's pre-roasted is the idea. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've had green coffee extract in a, uh, uh, a simple pleasure that I used to enjoy called an organic rock star, which is mm -hmm. like totally a contradictory idea um, that you would, first of all, want a rock star. Like, who are you? Second of all, want an organic rock star. <laughs> but yeah. That's what I was rocking for a little bit. And that had green coffee extract in it instead of just, like, concentrated caffeine, um, which had a better vibe, but still, like, fucked me up. I had one on a vacation uh, in the before times, and I it was the first time I had one in years. And then I just, like, became devoid of all emotions. It was, it was kind of strange feeling. Maybe it, that's it, what being a rock star is sure. like. Yeah. Rock star, the energy drink, the energy drink brand. Exactly. It's, it's, it's on yeah. <laughs> Just for the journalistic integrity here. Well, not, what, um, what, what's, what's the alternative? I don't know. Okay. I, I was lost. I don't know. I don't know the energy drink world enough. So I just want to like, if there's anyone out there who didn't know what Rick was talking about, maybe I'm the one uh, person. I was talking to my people. <laughs> you can't not talk to your people, Rick. I get it. So um, we ready to pop this bad boy open? Let's pop it. All, All right. right. Ready? Count of three. One, two, three. Oh, yeah. That was nice. Um, mm. I would, don't suggest smelling it. Okay. Were we supposed to shake this? I don't know. It doesn't say to shake it anywhere. Is it carbonated? It's carbonated. Okay, I'm glad we didn't shake. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> did you all sip? Yeah, I got a good one. I got a good first one going. Woo! Wow, that's astringent. <laughs> um, all right. Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. Rick, tell us how to how we're gonna let's break let's slide into this. So, uh, in the can crucible, um, we have three flavor not three flavor. We have three metrics that we rate the can on on a scale of one to a thousand. It's uh, flavor, mouthfeel, and emotion are the three. So you can kind of keep those generally in your mind. Um, we are going to start with flavor, and our guest always takes us off. Uh, so. 
Um, Aaron, on a scale of one to a thousand, uh, give us a little, give us a little like commentary on the flavor, and then give us a rating. I don't, I don't know if I have the adjectives. Cobra, Cobra, Marte. Yeah, I don't know. It tastes, it tastes a little tinny. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. But I keep drinking it, so I guess that's, uh, I guess that's good. I'm not like throwing it out the window or anything. Um, yeah, one to a thousand. I mean, I'd probably maybe like, uh, like five fifty, five fifty, like that, like, like a, you know, solid line, you know, like C, <laughs> like middle of the road, yeah. you know, but like <laughs> enough to like, uh, I'll probably drink it all. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's vibes. Uh, Wendy Elf, the rust is getting better. Hopefully, the Cobra helps helps kind of. I think that this could definitely get the rust out of something yeah like yeah like like coca-cola on a, on a car battery <laughs> yeah 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 uh jake how are you feeling about this um so i used to work at a vegetarian vegan restaurant called frida's in university city missouri shout out um and we had a drink there that was very aptly named due to its contents the ginger lemon soda mm-hmm and it contained ginger, it contained lemon, it contained, contained uh, soda. Anyway, uh, this is definitely the closest thing I've had since that time uh, to that flavor. Um, which is to say, I really actually enjoy it. That was something I would get quite often. Uh, so I, it's it's extremely fruity. Like, it's very citrusy. Like, you think it's coffee. The drink is definitely green or clear, if not. It's like, it's not a black coffee in any way. Oh, yeah. It contains 25% juice. Okay. So, like, for everyone out there, like, this is, like, citrus in a can. Like, this yeah. is this is very citrusy. Orange juice, uh, lemon juice, and peach juice. But it's it's very one, one or two of those. Yes. And I wonder what just straight up green coffee would be on its own. Like, if that would taste any good. So, flavor, I'll get to that probably... So, but flavor-wise, I'm really actually quite enjoying this. So I'm gonna go 750 on this. 750. Okay. I'm really good about it. Feels uh, feel healthy. Feel like rejuvenated. If you can tell, I was kind of chomping at the bit. You know, I, I kind of cut you off in your explanation because <laughs> I'm really feeling it. And uh, and Wendy, yes, I I upped Jake's mic and T Green Girl. It was a good pop. It was a really good pop. Um, Perfect. So for me, I'm. Uh, unabashedly into energy drinks i don't drink them very often but i love kind of like the extremeness of some of those things i like caffeine i think they're you know a convenience tool um i don't think they're really that bad you know i think they get a lot of flack and and they do a lot for us like red bull you know what a great company (laughs) gives you wings um shout out to felix bumgardner uh And <laughs> this tastes like this tastes extreme to me. Like wh- the first couple sips I had, I was not ready for what this is. I feel like it's just like lemon juice and water. It, it kind of is. It kind of definitely is. It's starting to even out a little bit. There is this like weird funk. There's like a, a strange funk in mine somewhere in there. Kind of like three quarters towards the end, the the funk emerges. Hmm. I don't know where that's coming from. I don't know what that is. I'm not a huge fan of that part, but I can rock with it. Um, six seventy-five. Six seventy-five. All right. Uh, next up is 
mouthfeel. So take us away. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got I got no complaints. I mean, I I I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I said this in our, our pre thing. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much just a, a water and black coffee. Uh, not together, but uh, you know, throughout <laughs> my day, it's like black coffee and then water, and that's about all I drink. So, um, like any sort of uh, uh, encounter with flavor, kind of takes me by surprise. <laughs> I think. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, mouthfeel. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's pleasant. It's it's. I don't know if it's quite like. Uh, refreshment in its purest form but uh mm-hmm. but I, I i call it i call it refreshing and um yeah there's kind of like a I, I there's like the the initial is is somewhat pleasant there's a little midsection that's like a little bit of funk and then mm-hmm. i think there's a little bit of peach at the end that mm-hmm. feels uh good um and uh yeah i mean it, it, it's I, I yeah i'm sticking with the 550 okay Okay. <laughs> it really sounded like you liked it more than that. But <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm just kind of skewed. I mean, I mean, there's there's uh, you got to leave room for all these other all these other drinks. That's you know? true. Just, I mean, like it's <laughs> like one, one to a thousand, right? Like right in the middle. Yeah. I think that's pretty pretty solid. Yeah. No, that so, is. It is. It's, it's just like the definition of solid, right there. Yeah, it's just ten percent so above to, middle of the yeah. road. Yeah. <laughs> We're just so used to people going off the off the rails with the rating so this is this is actually feels really good to have mm-hmm. someone have a very sound opinion yeah maybe i'm, I'm just conservative by nature or something uh, <laughs> i want i want to leave these big big ones like great inflation you know yeah. this great inflation has just ruined you know you, you get data yeah you get it you get we mm-hmm. need honest honest data big monster in the chat just reiterated lol any encounter with flavor is a surprise I think that's so far the quote of the stream. Feels good. Um, I gotta say, mouthfeel. I feel like it's staying just the right amount of time. I feel like mm. when it comes in, it's like it's a welcomed guest. Not leaving any weird residue. Taking off after that. Uh, I gonna, I think I'm gonna keep my my rating seven fifty. I'm gonna keep that going. I'm gonna keep my on the straight and arrow a little bit. But it just feels right. Like, I'm really enjoying this so far. Rick, how about you? Yeah, I think it's supposed to be a carbonated beverage, but mine just seems, like, flat. Like, I'm not getting any, like, bubble feel in my mouth, but I'm getting all of the, like, negative carbon tastes that you get from, like, a flat drink. You know, like, LaCroix doesn't turn back into water. It turns, you know, it's not just, like, water with peach in it. It's, like, water, peach, and carbon, but more like carbon, water, peach. Uh, yeah. which is saying that the flavor in LaCroix tastes less than water. Um, <laughs> and with this drink, it, it, you know, it sparkles. I hear it. Uh, it's implying that it's carbonated, but I'm not like getting any bubble feel, which I don't think hear any bubbles. you don't hear any bubbles. Did I just get like a bad can? So. Is my can just like <laughs> fermented? <laughs> is in there for way too yeah look for the uh, expiration date on that yeah uh so i'm not a fan i think they should have gone further or just not put any carbonation in there at all i'm gonna give it a a 350 okay 
<laughs> Whoops, it's kombucha, says the chat. <laughs> it's so nasty. I hate that. Okay, and finally, well, we got this, and then we have like a yes or no question that we end this off with. But the final um, thing that we ask is for you to rate it on a scale of 1 to 1,000 for emotion. So, Aaron, you can, uh, you, can you, you know, use use your like data skills, that hard <laughs> research part of your brain. Just really get into like think, just construct a few spreadsheets mentally and, and, and come to like a, a reasonable conclusion about its rating on a, the emotional scale. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, it, 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 it hit me pretty good. I mean, a surprise, surprise is an emotion. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I yes. mean, or con confusion, <laughs> confusion is an emotion. Um, and then I'd probably, I go, I go pretty high on. I mean, I, maybe, I, maybe I'll reach up to seven fifty on me. Oh, okay. Kind of, it kind of like, took me, you know, it kind of, it, it grabbed me by the lapels, you know, a little yeah. bit. Uh -huh. and it was like maybe question things. Also, Aaron, if you're curious if anything else is or is not an emotion, um, feel free to ask us and, and we'll let you know. And I'm going to soften that blow by saying grab, them, grab me by the lapels. I don't know if yeah. I've ever heard that phrase before. I love that. I am stealing that. And I hope I, – I, I I'm, I'm all about that. Um, my emotion, I, I always say, like, I feel good as if, like, good is a high rating. Like – Mm -hmm. that's you know it's it's about emotion not good or bad mm -hmm. um but the amount of emotion i'm feeling from this whether good or bad is high for me so this is my attempt at a data-driven answer um i'm gonna go 751 okay wow out here is right yeah one more uh is caffeinated an emotion yeah yeah, because oh, yeah. I'm already feeling I, – I don't know if it's like – well, last time when we had the Bush and A, at this point in the drinking, I was already feeling drunk. and, and Even it, though there was no alcohol. Uh-huh, yeah. So at this point in this conversation, I'm already feeling like my heart rate is increasing and like I'm feeling caffeinated. I'm definitely feeling emotions, but like there's no – I don't know. Maybe it's just like the feeling that you get when you just – do a shot of lemon juice. Maybe that's like what I'm feeling. Yes. Um, I'm loving it. I'm gonna. I, I'm loving everything about what's going on here. Nine eighty eight. Let's go. I like that. Well, and Rick, I'm glad you said lemon shot because at that same business I worked at, you could buy a ginger lemon shot, which contains no alcohol. It was just ju juice, yeah. ginger, and lemon, mm -hmm. and it is absolutely the same effect as alcohol. Like, I, if it was like, okay, really bad tequila or that, like, which one's gonna make you like feel like? Ooh, like it's going to be the, the yeah. actually most natural thing because um, mm -hmm. it's like it's just like it's so heavy, but it felt so good every time. So we like before we we do like group shots of ginger lemon before a shift. And I swear it like it definitely helped. It like got things got things moving. It was great. Uh, the uh, last question that we have is, is it crushable? Oh, yeah. Um, so crushable is defined as like you could pound it if you wanted to or needed to right is that how we define crushable definitely uh-huh yeah uh i i would not want to uh, <laughs> given the things that i like given the things that i have crushed over uh over the past you know maybe decade and a half uh -huh. i would say i could <laughs> I, I feel like i still have it in me 
to, yeah. to do those sorts of uh, that sort of things, but I don't I don't want to. No, I, I think that in the spirit of the question, that's a no. Like okay. I think yeah, that I'm, I'm comfortable with a no. I'm comfortable yeah. with a solid no. Then. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. um, crushable, I think, indicates that like I could crush this. Like being able to say like I could crush this with a smile. Yeah. Like it would be a, like a pleasant sort of like, I could crush that and I like, can en enjoy doing it. That mm -hmm. sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah I, that's not, that would be a no for me. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with no as well. I don't know if we need to go around the horn for this. Maybe we just have the guests say if they're, if it's crushable or not, but I agree. It's, I don't, I don't want to do it. So I think I it's, think I think it's crushable. Really? <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. You know, you know like, like if I was, if I was trying to feel something, you know, yeah, I might crush it. Okay, just like walking out, like you start the stop, the top of your stairs of your building, you just drink it in the entirety of the staircase, and you walk out a new man, just like start the new day. Yeah, I yeah, that'd be the way to go with the cape. With the cape. All right, so yeah. I'm I'm going to uh, <laughs> I'm going to calculate these scores here and kick it over to you, Jake, for the Astro Nook. The Astro Nook. All right, well. Everyone, welcome to the Astro Nook, um, a very brief dip into the astrological world of our guests. It's the thing we do on our show. It's very fun, especially when people who aren't necessarily into astrology, which I'm not saying Aaron is or isn't, but there are some people who just squirm in these spaces. And I'm not trying to push any sort of lifestyle or methodology. It's just a fun way to keep things light and fun. You know, this is, a t this is television after all. So... Um, what Aaron let me know uh, before our show, uh, you know, backstage, uh, is that he is, in fact, an Aries, although he's on the cusp of Aries kind of in that space, but definitely an Aries, um, which means that he is a fire sign. Uh, the attribute of that is that he's a cardinal fire sign, though, so has this kind of like leadership energy with the fire. Um, and just to give you a reference of some of the uh, Aries folks in the world, we like to shoot on uh, here on the travel agency, we like to tell people. Uh, the famous rappers uh, that are, are associated with their sign. So in terms of Aries, we have Lil Nas X, we have Quavo of the Migos, we have Ski Mask the Slump God, Chance the Rapper, Big Sean, Young Ma, or Young M.A. I thought it was Young Ma for a long time. Uh, Me too. So what we know. Yeah, okay. Quando Rondo, Dej Loaf, um, Juicy J. Okay. Um, there's always going to be like MC Hammer, DeBrat. <laughs> I'm getting a good range here. Young Jock. Oh, there's a lot of Aries rappers. Um, yeah, those are the big ones. Uh, so lots of good energy there. Those Aries getting out there. Oh, Big Sean. I didn't even mention Big Sean. Mm. I missed him entirely. Okay. Don't, don't, you know, we don't need to mention Big Sean. <laughs> so maybe I should miss everyone with that Big Sean. I um, personally think so, but who am I? Okay. We're going to start some beef here with the Big Sean stands. Big uh, Sean is never allowed on our brunch. Let me just put that out there. <laughs> okay, Rick. Good Lord. Um, so just also, so you kind of have an idea about this. So uh, something we are doing here is that we talk about the signs and the ideas of their strengths and their weaknesses. And, uh, you know, not every strength is actually a strength. Not every weakness is necessarily weakness. So we're kind of just see what people feel about these kind of ideas so we have that strength of aries is courageous determined confident enthusiastic optimistic honest passionate weaknesses include impatient moody short-tempered impulsive or maybe even aggressive and so aaron my question to you is 
in all of those strengths and weaknesses, again, courageous. We've got short-tempered, but we also have confident, but we also have aggressive, enthusiastic. Uh, how do you feel like any of those traits have uh, influenced your work in any way, or maybe the oh. way you practice? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I maybe the confidence stuff. Uh, I'm I probably a bit overconfident and just like not necessarily the quality of the work, but just like the ability to like uh, uh, throw it out there, I guess. Mm. Um, or just like to go into places. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I don't I don't necessarily necessarily uh, see myself in a lot of those Aries things. So okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, like I, I, I consider myself pretty patient. Um, and I, I don't really have much of a temper. Um, I guess I am pretty, I, I guess I am moody or can be. Um, Do you think those are things that were natural in your personality or are those things that you've like recognized and worked on over time to have that ability? You know, like, I, I guess that that's kind of what I'm curious about because a lot of the those negative things like in healthy people, they have addressed in one way or another. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I I would I would consider it pretty natural as far as my sort of like uh, I don't know easygoing sort of nature. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so um, I mean, I I I try to work on myself, I guess, in ways so uh, I can always be a little bit better about those things. Um, but yeah, I, I've also heard stuff about the Aries as far as uh, not like not finishing projects. Um, Interesting. Which I, I think I do. I do probably uh, identify with that, if that is actually <laughs> a, a true <laughs> statement. So, mm. so yeah, I would I would identify with uh, like confidence and the idea that like uh, I seem to have the idea that like I can do these things when I probably have no reason to think that, mm. um, <laughs> and uh, and the idea of uh, difficult to like finish. Um, like get to the finish line like i'm pretty good like all the way up to like 80 85 and then there's mm. like that that last little hurdle where i'm just like you know what i'm just gonna <laughs> find something else to do <laughs> to <laughs> occupy my time so almost there bro um uh, well if i'm not mistaken you said uh overconfidence like you've you've wrestled with overconfidence in some way and i'm curious like i'm always interested in con it's, i'm so glad you I'm, i guess i guess technically i said the word confidence first and I, but like I'm glad we're talking about this because I feel like a lot of artists struggle with confidence in their own work. And you, you said overconfidence. So I'm curious what, what you mean by that exactly. Yeah. I, I, I guess that's kind of why I circle back. Cause I, uh, like I don't really want to give the impression that I'm confident in any of the things that I do, but uh, the idea that like, like I didn't go to art school. Um, you know, I kind of came at a lot of this art stuff uh, like through other channels Um and so just the, and I, I know a lot of people, so like just the idea of um, like feeling like I can go into these spaces and like uh, create work and like show them um, feels a little bit overconfident to me <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, maybe that's, just, I mean, I think that's just something to do with just being a, like a white male, but, uh, a, you know, white straight male, but uh, um it's something that I've, I'm aware of, of like, uh, 
maybe being a little bit overconfident with uh, taking pictures and places or, uh, you know, the drone work and stuff, just like uh, some of the places I go to take, to fly the drone and stuff like that. I takes a certain amount of confidence mm -hmm. that uh, I don't necessarily am. I'm not necessarily aware of until people point it out that like, that's maybe not something that everybody thinks is okay. So, wow. yeah. Yeah. I have a, an, an example in my notes for our conversation today that I want to speak about that like very pointedly because um, a lot of those uh, I think that that comes up in the work that you do and um, I'm glad that you brought it up now and to kind of get your perspective on it as a as a primer oh it's cat chat time <laughs> we got this the cat is, chat let's this is go Mavis. she is she is sharing my chair and has been all morning. <laughs> this is, so I am, I am on the the last eighth of the chair, and she is, uh, she was happily sleep, sleeping behind me, but now she's, she has awakened. So, uh, this is a good chance to catch up with the chat here. Chat loves cat chat. Um, yeah. Boogie Nights, welcome to the stream. Aries in the house says Boogie yes. Nights. Uh, uh, Linkhold says Big Sean preemptively perma band. Yes, very good. Um, Denise in the chat, welcome to the show today, uh, says Aries gets the party started and Linkhold responded, Aries started literal wars and Denise responded fearless exclamation point. So that was a good, good little, <laughs> I guess the God Aries did that or God, or, I don't know, goddess, whoever Aries yeah. is, um, president well, Linkhold. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, just the cat's name is tomatoes. <laughs> no, uh, she's Mavis, Mavis. Mavis. I yeah. heard tomatoes. So I was like, wait, 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 wait. We can't. Mavis is a good, that is a good name for a cat, but we did not, well, I just, I was we like, did not get there. Yeah. It's not tomato. It's tomatoes, plural, which would uh -huh. be so great. But Mavis is such a beautiful cat name. I love that. Okay. Anyway, moving um, on. Nerdelt says, yes, kitty. Nerdelt, welcome to the stream. Thanks for typing a comment. Um, <laughs> and uh, Wendy asks, Jake, do you also have rusty ears today? Maybe I might. Yeah, that's why I couldn't hear any some bubbles in the can. But um, oh yeah, yeah oh and then fair. also the tomatoes part. Duh, that's more right. More that's, relevant. I think that's. <laughs> I've rusty brain today. <laughs> I tell you what. Oh. Anyway, sorry, Rick. You were saying something about. Uh, you had an example. You were excited about something very pointedly. You said. Yeah, no, I, I think that, um, and, and we'll get into this because this is kind of where I want to start the conversation when we come back from the break, but um, there is a there is a confidence with making the work that you make, and I think it is becomes like uh, really evident um, when people start to look at these photographs, and, and then you're also like practiced um, in you know, going to these places and you do this, you do the drone photography professionally and maybe we should talk about that a bit so we don't continue to reference that uh, without the audience knowing kind of what we're talking about. But you do it professionally so of course you also have this like understanding of like what's allowed and what isn't allowed and how to also like look like a professional potentially when you're doing it. Like I don't know if you pull out the high viz in like certain <laughs> situations that look sketchy, but like uh, that confidence comes from familiarity with the materials. 
Um, so Aaron, do you want to talk about that and, and maybe just talk about what you do uh, for your job and how, how those things um, connect with the photography? Yeah, uh, I mean, I can kind of uh, start with, um, I mean, yeah, a lot of it kind of flows out of my day job. So I, I work for St. Louis County Parks Department. Um, I do a, a number of different things for them. Uh, my main job is uh, with GIS, which is uh, Geographic Information Systems. So uh, mapping property boundaries, those sorts of things. So um, when we moved back here, uh, which was going on about eight years ago, um, I took up, that was the first time I got a smartphone. You know, that was what the, the county gave me a smartphone. So that was great. Um, and so I was going out to LA's parks, getting to learn all of the St. Louis County parks system. You know, we have 70 parks, like 15,000 acres, um, taking pictures with that started, like started the Instagram account for the parks page. Um, and so that really kind of kicked me off in some ways with, uh, photography or at least supplemented, uh, cause I was doing photography stuff outside of that as well. Um, and then, yeah, they bought me a, they bought me a drone, um, one day, <laughs> you know, the, the, the story is, uh, the story is, uh, Creepcore Park was flooded, um, and which it, which it does. Um, and we were unaware exactly how high the water was through there, um, which maybe isn't that big of a deal, but it's something that's nice to know. Mm. Uh, you know, it's our property and, uh, you know, we have some, some areas back there that we could, it'd be nice to know if you know, the shelter was flooded or if our maintenance garage was flooded, we, we couldn't quite tell that. Uh, and somebody posted online a drone image of, um, of the park. And our director at the time uh, was like, you know, this, that's really great. That's really useful to know, like, why don't we have a drone? Um, so being, uh, being the person that was in, like, loosely in the technology sphere within the parks and being the person that was, uh, you know, um, early thirties at the time, I guess, or under 30 uh, at the time, uh, it, it fell to me, uh, thankfully <laughs> to <laughs> be like, well, guy. <laughs> yeah, Aaron, Aaron knows how to fly a drone. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't, but I'll, but I'm happy to learn. So there's also um, some FNG talk too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that's how, yeah. So I, so that's how I got the, uh, the drone, um, and started using it for parks purposes, um, you know, and occasionally I would uh, uh, sneak a couple pictures and stuff, uh, you know, along those same lines, I was uh, at, in the GIS world, I was looking at aerials all day. Um, and so I started to kind of like just pick out and take snapshots out of these aerials, uh, which is not an uncommon thing. I think there's a, you know, there's a handful of artists out there uh, doing that um, mm -hmm. in different ways. So, uh, you know, I was kind of working with that and then the drone kind of came in and, uh, supplemented and then altered and, uh, you know, kind of transformed some of that. Um, and shortly after getting a drone through the parks department, uh, it became evident that, uh, I was interested in using the drone for art purposes, um, or for my own purposes outside of, uh, government sanctioned, you know, daily day job sort of stuff. Um, and so I, I purchased one of my own, um, which was a, a bit of a leap, but I've been, I've been happy with it. So, um, does that, yeah. I kind of forgot what the original no. question was. I, no, that, does that help? That's what we do well? at brunch. So, yeah. <laughs> so there's, so, uh, confidence. So we come back to confidence or whatever. Uh, 
Um, yeah, I mean, uh, part, of that, part of that confidence comes from the, the St. Louis County Parks Department having confidence in me, you know. There you my, go. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just kind of shoved me out the door and were like, uh, just don't crash a thing. So, uh, yeah. Um, and when you have the whole kind of park system to fly the drone and stuff, uh, you know, it helps develop a sort of confidence as well mm. of like, you can show up in your parks van with, uh, you know, your parks hat on and like yeah. nobody can say anything to you and you can just kind of fly it around and, and do whatever. So, like, why is that parks guy like doing f- flybys and aerial <laughs> maneuvers with the drone? Like, speed yeah, well, I mean, you're not supposed to, you know, we have a drone policy and our drone policy is no drones. So, uh, <laughs> so normal, normal, the normal public cannot you know, are not supposed to show up and, uh, really interesting by their drones in our parks. So yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Without, without some sort of permission. I see. Dang. Well, I think that that's a good spot. Oh, more back with the cat. cat, cat, cat. The break. This is, yeah. This is magpie. Oh, <laughs> what was that? Potatoes. What'd you say? <laughs> uh, she's, she's the original. She's, she's the, the OG. Yeah. Yeah. She gets what she wants. Well, we're coming up on our first break here. So I think that that was a really good spot to kind of tease what we're going to be doing next with getting into um, the art practice that has emerged from uh, this photographic method. Um, So I'm going to send us off on my screen and we'll see you two on the other side of the break. Thanks to everyone tuning in so far. Um, Thanks for your messages in chat. Uh, We really appreciate when people share their thoughts or jokes or just interact with us as we move through the stream. That's really the reason that it's live. So if you are feeling like you don't know if you should interact, please feel free to. But um, for those of you lurking out there, you're always welcome to do that. Over the break, if you want to um, get yourself familiarized with a little bit of Aaron's work, I'm going to drop his Instagram link in the chat here and you can check it out. And then um, we will be back in 10 minutes. Uh, We'll be back at 11.10 to get into the deep dive on the creative art photography and uh, creative writing parts of Aaron's practice. So we will see you all soon. Hey, everyone. Hope you had a good break. Hope you uh, maybe got a cream cheese blueberry bagel on, on the break or a glass of uh, orange juice, um, or, uh, maybe you ate like a Twix candy bar, you know, I think, I think any of those things are acceptable things to do at 11 o'clock on a Sunday. Um, you're watching the travel agency and you're watching our show today, Art Brunch. Um, this actually begins the, uh, beginning of the portion of the show that we air on our YouTube page. So um, if you subscribe to us on YouTube, I'll pop that link into the chat, then this is what you'll, the portion of the show that you'll see um, archived there, aside from the live version, because we want to give people an opportunity to keep up with the art-centered portion of the show. Um, I do want to say hi to New Masses. Thanks for stopping in. I see you over there on YouTube watching, um, and then you came over here on Twitch. So thanks for hanging out. Uh, I look forward to talking with you more. Lee Boyd Artist says, interesting textual abstraction landscapes that the drone pictures create. When you're selecting an image, what is it that you look 
in the frame? And I'll ask that question to um, our guest Aaron here in just a moment. So for those of you just tuning in, uh, I want to read Aaron's bio for you. Um, Aaron Owen's work focuses on marginal landscapes and the intersection of human and natural forms. Themes within his artistic practice often touch on questions of surveillance, the splintering of man from nature and popular imagination, and what a holistic approach to modern ecology looks like on the ground and from above. After graduating from Sacramento State with a BS in geography, Aaron began to translate the observational and technical skills essential to the discipline into an artistic practice. His work has been shown at Washington University in St. Louis, the Granite City Arts and Design District, and Wee Galleries in Hong Kong. His uh, work has appeared in View Magazine, Tube Magazine, The Moon Zine, and has been featured in collaboration with music labels Distant Bloom and Dinzu Artifacts. He currently lives and works in St. Louis, Missouri. So I will bring us all back together here. Um, welcome back. Let's start with the question that we uh, received from Lee Boyd Artist. Um, I'll reiterate it. Interesting, texture, interesting textural abstraction landscapes that the drone pictures create. Uh, Aaron, when you're selecting an image, what is it that you look for, I think, maybe, in the frame? Um, let's see. I mean, so there's, I guess there's, so there's two factors of selection. Uh, one is when you're actually kind of flying the thing, uh, you know, you have the live view. Um, and so that's mostly about uh, the place, you know, so it's, it's where you're going um, and, and what you're looking at. Um, and so you get some ideas doing some research previous. Uh, so occasionally, you know, you just go on Google Maps or Google Earth or whatever and look at those aerials and be like, you know, there's something there worth checking out. Um, other times it's just, I happen to be here right now. I got 20 minutes to kill. It's a nice day, the sun's out. Like, let's put the thing up and see what's see what's around. So, um, so that would be part of the selection process. And then once it's up there, you know, I'm flying all around. Uh, looking for those sorts of textures, looking for angles. Um, a lot of it has to do with uh, sun, um, sun clouds, uh, shadows, uh, those sorts of those sorts of things. So, um, so I'm maneuvering through there, but it's on my, you know, it's on my iPhone. So I can only see a certain amount. Um, and depending on how the sun's on my iPhone, sometimes I'm kind of flying, uh, not blind, but you can't tell exactly what the exposure is going to look like. Uh, mm. you know, because you just have a glare on your, on your phone. So, uh, so then you take it back. Uh, I go through a pretty quick editing process. I don't like to do much. Uh, I play with some of the levels and stuff. Um, and then that becomes, uh, its own sort of selection process through there. So, uh, I find, I find that I'm interested in colors, light texture. That's, you know, that's a pretty generic sort of look for, for any photography in general. So, um, but as I'm going through what I did shoot um i'm often drawn drawn to those sorts of abstract places uh i still do this but i went through it definitely went through a phase where it was like i'm going to take this landscape image and i'm going to throw it into portrait you know you're looking straight down mm -hmm. so you can you can do that you can just take the whole image and and bring it all around um I see. and not have to worry about you know uh you know right side up essentially so um 
so that's another sort of uh, selection through there. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Lee Boyd Artists, for the question. And, um, you know, thanks, Aaron, for the answer. I, I think inside of that similar vein, um, I did want to pull up this, uh, move over to checking out your work in real time here. Um, let me center this well. Uh, so before we were going on the break, we were talking about confidence in um, drone photography and and how uh, certain spaces you have to carry a type of confidence to uh, fly the drone over them. Um, and then this is an example of one of those photos that's turned uh, up into a portrait style, um, which I think is really fitting given the subject matter of, of how this kind of acts as a mass portrait um, of end of life. But the thing that I wanted to present here, starting with um, your zine year one, or your zine is titled One Year. Um, this is the first year, and this is the fourth volume of it, and we're on page six. But um, this, I think, is an interesting starting place for us to begin to understand and dissect your work. Because when I was reviewing your slides and, and your zines prior to the show, this is the image that um, immediately kind of produced this uh, guttural anxiety in me of thinking about you as the photographer, you flying a drone over a cemetery. And maybe that's a place that we can start. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, good job on the research, uh, doing the, <laughs> the deep dive all the way, all the way into volume one. So, uh, <laughs> um, we do the work here. We do the work, so you don't have to. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess so. Uh, I mean, I, I I can talk a little bit about the the zine process in general. Um, yeah, please uh, do. Maybe not to get uh, too deep into it, but the one year title. Uh, um, is meant to kind of refer to uh, the cycle of of the zine. So it's you know it's one it's it's a monthly zine for for one year, sort of by volume, and then um, all the pictures are from one year prior, um, and all the redacted journal entries are from one year prior. So um, I put this volume one. I would have put the zine together 2019, um, and these images and words are from 2018. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a way to kind of go back and re-examine, um, and this this particular one, volume one, uh, I made ten copies, uh, one for myself, uh, one for the library zine collection here in St. Louis, um, and then eight that I delivered to uh, friends um, around town. So uh, it was, you know, uh, only hard copies. I decided to digitize them. Uh, probably about a year and a half after the, they were actually finished um, and then gave them out to the link out to maybe another, maybe another 10 people, something like that. So limited distribution. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting that you picked this, this photo. Uh, I have the same sort of reaction to it. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's something that I would necessarily have put up on Instagram. Um, I don't think I, I did. Um, this is uh, the new St. Marcus cemetery i think um just outside across the river to pair okay so it was it's one of those instances where uh i think if you scroll up um 
that picture at the bottom. I'm, I'm pointing like you guys can. Yeah, uh, this picture here. <laughs> um, that's the river to pair right there. So the bottom left-hand corner would be the cemetery. Oh, I and see. And the top right-hand corner would be Wilmore Park. Okay. So I'm in Wilmore Park flying the drone. Um, and like I said, it's one of those things where I, I went out there looking to take a picture of river to pair, which uh, I go through kind of cycles of being really fascinated by river to pair by itself. Um, and then suddenly I, I'm flying over the cemetery as well. So I'm, I've taken pictures there as well, not necessarily intending to. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's hard to say exactly why I wanted to include the, the cemetery picture and the zine. Um, I think I felt maybe a little bit more comfortable with a limited audience uh, seeing it because it is, it feels sensitive mm -hmm. in a way. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's just, uh, but, but I, but I like it. Um, I like the composition of it. I like, I do like the subject matter of it. Um, but it is something that, uh, you know, I want to tread lightly with. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, so I'm, yeah. I'm sure that this is really helping, you know, like the first piece of work that we talk about is this one that you want to tread lightly with, but I think, <laughs> I think it, I think that like a lot of this work hinges in hinges here. Like this is like a, a really amazing jumping off point to start to understand some of the things that you're confronted with when you're making work in this fashion and like it, it's not just oh that would look cool you know like I'm going to yeah. to do that there are these elements like first of all like the, in the side of the nature of flying so you were saying and suddenly I'm over the cemetery you know, which isn't an experience that we have like in our physical bodies. But <laughs> what I see is like you're doing like a wide loop, you know, to like come back and do something. And then suddenly you find yourself in this in this cemetery that it happens much quicker than you can walk there, much quicker than you can be there. So on one side, it, it, it does kind of that thing that you mentioned is a crux of the material. But then also like... I, when I see this, I hear the sound of a drone and I, I hear that like invasive buzzing that I'm like not at all familiar with and you have much more familiarity with, but that typically to me indicates like all sorts of confusion and anxiety, like what is this person doing? Um, and then to think about having that experience like in a state of grief, which we don't see any people here. Um, but thinking about having that experience in a, in a, in a, in a space of grief, but then also like this photo is, is like grief in a lot of ways. Like this photo that you made, I think, you know, is made for a good, a good reason is, is what it feels like. Inten very intentional. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I guess this isn't really a term that I, uh, it's a term that I'm just thinking of right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's like a sort of certain like subtle confrontation uh, with some of the drone photography. Um, mm -hmm. Like it has a, its own. Let me just make my. The confrontation maybe comes a little bit afterwards. Like I don't necessarily seek to hit people over the over the head with with things. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's a difficult sort of image to to kind of talk about because I, I definitely mm -hmm. hear what you're saying as far as uh, 
the sort of invasiveness of so the so the drone is is it is an interesting tool because it has those sorts of elements on top of it which are things that are there but i'm not necessarily inclined to uh, poke at i think they're they're there anyway so there's no like real reason for me to um amplify them uh you know so that includes the idea of these surveillance surveillance and intrusion mm. um, and those elements that uh are you know built into our thinking um, mm -hmm. as far as drones go um i think what's interesting about a lot of the drone photography and this would this wouldn't be an, an exception to that is uh we have a we have a certain response to uh to individual and uh state surveillance mm -hmm. um that we don't necessarily have to like corporate surveillance if that makes sense so mm -hmm. you know i brought up google earth and google maps uh earlier um and that's something that i'm always a little that i'm interested in whenever it comes to conversations is like essentially this image is available to everyone yes um, uh, you know it's it's a flat down i don't typically do any sort of flattening that uh um, you would if you were wanting to make a map but uh um you know this is one of those images where you could turn it all which way and it would it would still be uh it would still make sense um and yeah so so that sort of comes into this sort of uh idea of privacy like it's it's a different thing for me to fly a drone over a cemetery than it is for um uh for us to look it up on on google maps or, or google earth uh and it's a it's an odd sense of privacy or expected privacy to it uh that is I wouldn't say one way or the other, but I think it's definitely worth exploring and, and, and thinking about. Uh, and hopefully these images uh, have that sort of layering to them. Yeah. Yeah. And that, um, that's why I wanted to start with this is because um, a lot of these images look, uh, there are a lot of images that look fun, that indicate leisure, that indicate industry, that indicate waste. Um, but I think in all of these, it's important for our viewers and viewers of your work to understand this uh, this fundamental question at like the intersection of what you are doing is like these are being taken with these kinds of ideas in question. Like you, it, it might be more detached from that when we go to, um, when we go to my next slide, uh, which is, I'll give you a primer, which this is my next slide. Um, that I want to talk about. So like yeah. the conversation here doesn't start there because we're like, who are these people that own these land and like who are these people that are tearing this shit up like do we care about this industry but it is just as potentially illegal just as potentially invasive like the workers who showed up to work there didn't necessarily like want to be photographed or agreed to be videoed that day um, but i think that the easiest way that we can access that is through this image and then um, hopefully for viewers of the show you can remember the feeling of this kind of uh, the the questions that this image raises as you look through the rest of Aaron's work because it's it's married it's married to the work um, and I think this is just the place that it's most clear. Um, we have another question in chat that I want to uh, share with you, Aaron. Um, Lee Boyd, artist, thanks again for the question. Uh, says the graveyard picture reminds me of Braille, and asks when you hear people's reaction to your work. Do you see elements in your work that you've never noticed? Uh, yeah, I mean, for sure. 
Um, I'm I, I'm pretty I'm familiar or I feel familiar with the sort of technology, uh, the drone stuff, um, and I don't necessarily distinguish it from. Uh, I think the term we used the other day was terrestrial mm-hmm. <laughs> photography. Yeah. Um, but I yeah I I I I see I don't see a whole lot of difference between those and uh, all of it. You know uh, the terrestrial photography, the drone photography. Um, some of the work that I've, I've used, uh, you know, publicly available, uh, um, aerials from, mm-hmm. um, all that stuff. Uh, but it becomes, uh, it becomes more evident whenever I put it out there to people that, uh, the drone stuff has a whole other sort of angle to, um, that, uh, uh, that people bring, um that's exciting and i i I always enjoy that sort of uh, take on things but it's not necessarily something that i uh set out for um like uh yeah i guess if Mm -hmm. that uh if that hopefully answers some stuff cool thanks i i feel like it's it's an interesting conversation like there's a truly 20,000 ways for this to go but something i'm curious about just from the process like as a fellow photographer myself like i think about like photography specifically there's a lot of like when you take pictures of your of your world like that's tends to be your subject is like there's a lot of creative meandering or you know uh i've joked with uh our our good friend jack arland on here uh, about radical meandering and that like actually meandering in itself is kind of radical so we don't really need to call it that on top of that you know people talk about this but um that like you know a photographer will kind of go through spaces like physically terrestrially and then be like that's really cool but then when you're using drone and you're and you know that you're like a, a drone can capture something similar to that of something like Google Maps or Google Earth like I'm curious where does your process of supposed like creative meandering happen because like I don't I I I almost refuse to believe because then that just you're just too genius for me to deal with that like you just knew that this would be a good picture you know like there has to be some sort of accident you can't just be <laughs> I well, refuse. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, no, but... it's all it's all accident. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, I mean, so oddly, I mean, I see a lot of connection between uh, the uh, the cemetery and these pictures. Um, mm-hmm. Like, so uh, the story for for both of these, you know, I was I was in Wilmore Park, looking at the River to Pair, uh, ended up taking uh, a handful of pictures of the cemetery. Um, these I was uh, along the Missouri River, um, if I'm not mistaking. Uh, I was I was along the Missouri River, and uh, this was a quarry in St. Charles County that uh, um, I didn't know was there, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, until I put the drone up, and I like, you know, the drone the drone has its little, uh, oh, you know, the camera on its gimbal, you go down and up, you know, that's the extent of what you can move the camera, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm looking down, I'm flying around the river and stuff like that, and then like bring the camera up and i'm just like oh no shit there's a there's a quarry on the other side here so that's how these happened um uh and they both exist on this sort of edge space so Mm -hmm. you know missouri uh or sorry st louis um you know we are this river town and um what we choose what that essentially means is we we have our uh our industry and our sort of zone our zoning along our rivers are for uh are not for like uh, people, um, or at least not like alive, uh, moving people, you know, so 
Um, there's a reason why uh, New St. Marcus is where it's at by the River to Pair. Um, you know, there's a whole history in St. Louis of um, uninterring, is that the right? Moving, moving dead folks. Uh, okay. You know, out of out of the city into into oh. new uh, cemeteries. So, you know, around uh, the city, there's, you know, um, St. Charles Rock Road is a good example. There's three or four of those uh, big uh, cemeteries up there, um, along kind of the ring of St. Louis City and those inner suburbs. Um, and a lot of those uh, cemeteries hold folks that were buried in the city. You know, and they moved them um, because they needed to. They needed that land for the living. So, um, so what we do on those sorts of edge spaces, I think, is telling about the general society, and and so that's the 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 link I would bring up between uh, the cemetery and these sorts of uh, um, extraction uh, photos um, mm -hmm. is kind of their placement, uh, the general happenstance as far as my personal story goes with them, um, and then of course there's there is that sort of uh, difference between organizations. So. Um, these these photos are a, a more uh, they're still very human in their organization uh, but they feel organic uh, in the sense of like angle of repose you know so uh, piles and, and how uh, material interacts with itself um, and gravity whereas mm -hmm. the the cemetery uh, is obviously a very right angle uh, driven <laughs> uh, sort of organization uh, which is always uh, you know human um, you know, uh, anytime you see right angles, everybody knows that it's it's human. Um, when it comes to more rounded and stuff like that, uh, we associate that with uh, an organic form. Um, so, uh, yeah, the the thing that comes up for me is this process of digging and burying, for sure. The you know the difference between unearthing something and then by like putting these things back into the ground, um, and and then also. Uh, there's something about how like the process of digging, um, the process of like unearthing or, or you know, gathering materials. <clears throat> yes, there is a right angle in these machines, but the, you know, they're not putting those, those materials right into train cars, you know, and like there's a reason for that. So to successfully and with efficiency, like render these products out of the earth. Um, I have this idea that these tools have to work like more natural tools. You know, they have to just break shit and <laughs> be big and like move dirt in whichever way like dirt wants to move, right? And and then there are certain ideas about how the more natural these digging processes get, even though they become more technological simultaneously, the more efficient that they become. And then they create these like subsets of um something in between like what are these sand dunes you know like it's something in between nature and human uh so on one hand you have the like very human and, and the very nature the digging and the burying but then you also in your work explore the like erosion as kind of like a, a middle space between those as well, which I don't think I have actually a slide for erosion, but it's something that that <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that we will we will find you know rather easily um, in in your work. But that erosion kind of acts as that that middle space there too. Um, I do have a a couple 
the next thing that I want to bring up is, um, give me just a second here while I uh, navigate to it. Um, we, uh, we were radically meandering there, Rick. You did it. And you got to erosion. It made sense. <laughs> so um, I'm moving over to year two, but yeah, go ahead, Jake. Well, I'll just, I'll, and just to kind of like, I'm, I'm just strictly very curious. Like, I feel like we answered it, but I, I'm just curious too, like in a very like point blank sort of way, like, do you use Google maps or any of these things as ways to find locations? Or is it more just like, that seems like a cool area, like in your head. And then you just go there and figure it out. Or is it like, I imagine your job clearly has like gotten you to places where you're like, actually, I need to come back here on my own time. You know, because I just I, I, I yeah. love the feeling of like you could be sitting in the comfort of your home and just finding these places. But knowing that, like, it ain't been taken a picture of properly until I show up. You know what I mean? Like the joy that I you could open up your freedom space to go find cool locations to your computer feels very amazing as a photographer to me as an idea. Yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely part of it. I mean, so. So that so the first scene uh, is uh, like I said the first scene the first zine that I put together that first volume um, those images that we just looked at were you know I had I probably I got the drone maybe that January so that whole sort of uh, late winter spring air time uh, was you know I was I was I was really active um, yeah. Uh, any excuse I could uh, to to fly the thing. Um, so it is, uh, you know, I mean, I, it's hard to say exactly. Now my process is probably different. At that time, uh, it was there was definitely this uh, opening up uh, um, Google or uh, in my day job, you know, with with GIS, uh, just looking at our aerials that we have for the county um, and the surrounding area, and just being like. I need to go, I need to go see that. Like, um, and quarries are an obvious one. I mean, if you, if, if you look at, uh, the big quarries, uh, around town, like you, if you're looking at just an aerial of St. Louis city and St. Louis County, like immediately you're going to see the quarries cause they're just, they're these bright white limestone blots, um, like little, like plain, like paint blots type of thing yeah. on the map. Um, and so immediately they're just like, I, what is that? Like, I gotta go see it. Um, and uh, there's such huge spaces um, that they just respond really well to uh, to drones. Um, I mean, and then the other part of that is that I should mention is um, the drone has its own sort of uh, limits. Um, and luckily my, my interests coincide with a lot of the places that are suitable for drone stuff. Um, but like you're not doing like street photography downtown with a drone you know yeah. um and like i i'm i i don't i don't fly the drone over people um i do my best not to fly the drone over you know residences and like look at people's backyards and, and that sort of stuff um not that i wouldn't necessarily be interested in, in stuff like that it just doesn't <laughs> feel you yeah. know proper you know uh um like the idea of getting like winter winter pools or something like that in people's totally. backyards would be like great photos, but mm -hmm. like I'm not gonna fly fly the drone over in people's backyards. Even yeah. you know, it's just not something I'm gonna do. So, um, so yeah, some of it is just uh, looking at Google. Other parts are uh, these are the sorts of zones 
that I have access to and that I'm interested in. Um, and so I'll just, uh, you know, some of it's about being on site and being able to find a place to park and being inconspicuous to fly the thing. So I have my, my areas that uh, I feel safe in to fly it. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's really kind of a mix of, of those. Um, where I'm at right now is uh, I probably have more sites that I am uh, interested in documenting over time and that I've become familiar with. So it's a little bit less of uh, let's find new places and it's more about let's go back to these places um, and see what's happening. Um, so, uh, yeah, anyway, there's there's definitely a mix as far as that goes. Sometimes it's just uh, I need to fly the drone. Like I haven't flown the drone in a, in a month. Like let's go get some pictures. Yeah. Like, uh, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, somewhere in there I'll make a decision as to where to go. So. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, good. Um, I think in the chat, a couple of our viewers say that this feels like fourth wall breaking, like this drone photography feels like very present, like this is something that could be, you know, a live feed, you know, right now, like this is transporting us to um, these these different spaces. And I think that's something that's unique to the aerial photography, because um, like we don't think of these terrestrial photos as necessarily like the same kind of like video feed maybe maybe because we're more familiarized with them or uh, the amount of um, human scaled perspective oriented photographs that we see is so high that we have like more nuanced uh, understandings of that um, something that we are touching on that I want to um, try to clarify with this set of images uh, this set of images, so you, you know, you also take these terrestrial photographs. And um, for me, I feel that this set of images illustrates an interesting point. And the interesting point is how you can know exactly where something is versus how you can know generally where something like this is. Uh, Rejon Proto, thanks for the follow. Thanks for following us. Um, so in this image, the bottom slide, I feel like I know exactly where that is. Like, <laughs> I, you know, that's like uh, Forest Park Parkway. Um, totally. And is that right? <laughs> and uh, so that is like a, a series of buildings that I've seen, and I think I, I, I would bet, I would bet like a good, I would bet between five and fifty dollars that that's where that is. Um, I mean, I'll take that bet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you would. <laughs> That's that that bodes poorly for what I was thinking then. Um, then, uh, at in the top image, uh, you're you're photographing this truck yard. You know that like I don't know which one that is or where that is, but I know where I could tell you you could find one. Um, you could find one, not that one, but you could find one, right? You know, you go go up to Riverview and drive from, you know, drive from the new zoo all the way down Riverview until it turns in a hall, and, like, you're bound to find one of these things. But also, you're not going to find anywhere along Riverview that bottom photo. Um, you know, like... Again, I think I know where it is, but whatever. I guess I don't. Uh, so there's there's this difference between like in in these two photos, like site specificity and how 
for people who like if you know you know you have a, a very accurate sense of where one of these random kind of obscure organizations of materials is and then you have a general sense of where uh, a truck bay could potentially be yeah so uh um to get i guess I, what, what, I, what i'll start with uh, as i'm stumbling is um you're right you're actually you're actually re reversed so you know exactly where the truck are and uh you're a little bit off on the bottom picture oh wow <laughs> so yeah, how about that on, yeah the, the top one's hall street uh and the bottom one is uh that you're you're really close it's it's that 44 um 44 and jefferson uh that's the back side of those lafayette um oh uh, deal so like that intersection of 55 44 there um what are the odds <laughs> so yeah i mean yeah, uh it, it definitely you know it feels the bottom one i get what you're saying though like the bottom one uh feels specific and um and also in a way like i know this place i know these i you know i've been here before that sort of thing um and the top one feels a little bit more um kind of generic uh or, or like placed um like something that could be kind of picked up and put down anywhere um, mm -hmm. if that's is that kind of what you're uh pointing towards yeah yeah for sure and and i think that there's uh that's something that you explore in your work and is executed really well here um so well so that like it has the opportunity to flip right which we we just illustrated <laughs> well yeah i mean these are uh so i mean the, the the photos are interesting um you know these are these particular ones are interesting that i i really got in the habit of uh of just carrying taking my camera with me um mm -hmm. everywhere uh you know it's just you can't take pictures without a, without having the camera with you so um i still do this uh but i, I went through a, a phase where you know these are all taken outside with my passenger window down and me reaching across the passenger seat just like like it is like you know playing with shutter speed so that uh, i can manage to keep the blur down and stuff um, mm. or increase the blur if i want to um so they're they're to me they're a, a lot about just you know in the context of the zine especially a sort of documenting of how did i get from one place to the other um and like a little bit of shedding light on my general sort of day and interactions and and where life uh takes takes me um and yeah composition wise i think they both they 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 speak to different sort of interests of of mine you know one is that hall street corridor which is kind of endlessly fascinating um mm -hmm. to me because there's just it's really kind of the the guts of st louis um there's just so much sort of action and stuff uh that is necessary for the city to function that we don't want to think about and it all just gets placed there um junkyard jail truck stop yeah i mean there's uh you know there's the giant coal depot um whenever you get off uh is that it's not salisbury it's the other one um Al um adeline or uh adelaide, adelaide. Or adelaide. yeah adelaide um, you know there's that giant uh coal depot um there's the the workhouse that's down on the street there yep um there's all the uh there's like a mulch depot there's the giant uh shingle mountain of recycled stuff 
Um, but anyway, I mean, like all that stuff is necessary for uh, St. Louis to function. Uh, and as far as our sort of tax base is concerned, mm-hmm. um, you know, the big the big players in St. Louis are uh, nonprofits, so they're they're not playing they're not paying property taxes and stuff. Um, these are the type of places that are uh, a huge part of our tax base still. So mm. uh, you know, and it's that that riverfront sort of mentality that carries over from the original sort of white settlement of the area. So there's just a ton of layers to it. Um, and so any chance I can uh, to drive on Hall Street, um, uh, I, I like to take that route um, just to kind of see what's happening um, and throw my camera out the window to, to see what I can get. Uh, <laughs> you know so um I agree. anyway that is a know, uh, that's a road that i take to go to my dad's house when i drive to my dad's oh, yeah. house so i ha- i have like a kinship um with that too uh ty matthews thanks for the follow um rejon proto i'm not sure what the link is i permitted you to post links so uh i will check that out in a little bit so i want to i want to give you space to finish that sorry sorry to, to cut you off if i did no, I mean, I think I was on a bit of a, a bit of a ramble. I, so, I, you know, these things come back to that sort of geography background um, mm-hmm. of mine. So like uh, going through those places tells you tells you things um, about where you're at and the city and the people and the interaction of the people and the land. Uh, um, and so, you know, both these photos and the majority of photos that I take are uh, a sort of exploration of that if nothing else just myself trying to make sense of where the hell i'm at mm. <laughs> you know totally. um and the photos are nice because you can go back to them and start picking them apart uh but it's a general mindset of uh getting to those places to take those photos uh that uh, are equal amounts of that as well so it's as far as familiarity goes like if was to expand on that layer a little bit more but like even those particular photos that we had up uh i i started to actually kind of look at them as if they were drone photos sort of and it's it's interesting to think like if whatever your perspective is you know you're you're just looking out the window at the at these buildings on the side of a highway that if you were to pretend it was this looking down that you kind of see these recurring themes that not only just from above but from the side and that really you can kind of create these these new planes in that way but even but even if it's from above from the side it gets confusing, but it does feel familiar at the mm-hmm. same time. And I, I think that it's interesting, too, to revisit those spaces, too, when even some of them are as, as a snapshot, literally, from out the window of a car or to, like, a very, like, calculated, meaning very, like, very uh, intentioned photo from a drone, which is to say, like, am I abiding by laws? Am I abiding by, you know, making sure people's privacy and stuff like that? So I feel like mentally it feels that but i also feel like like create like just physically the material like that you're you're posting kind of has sharing i don't want to say posting that like has these this space of like where like all lines are being blurred you know across memory across forms across subject matter across plane like where you are physically on the earth almost yeah so i i get in trouble when i say this before uh (laughs) Um, like, I, and I, and I tend to believe it. I, I get, I get people's he- hesitation when I say something like this, but 
I, I generally kind of fall into the camp of like things, things just kind of are like, <laughs> like yeah. some things just are, you know, <laughs> yes. like they're just exist and they're there. And uh, I think that shines through a lot. I don't know if it shines through, but comes through uh, or reads in a lot of my photography um, and par probably why I'm drawn to photography uh, and drone stuff is it doesn't feel like I realize that there's a process and like, you are making the photo uh, in, a, in, a, in a sense or whatever. But for me, like the excitement of it is like these places just are like this, like these, like the pool, the pool just is, you know, mm -hmm. like, and I'm not doing anything like anything to, to alter that. Like, um, and I feel the same way, especially when I'm doing like, a, like the drive by sort of photography or whatever, like these places just are, you know, and I'm just being a witness to it. Um, and like I said, there's I, there's definitely some arguments uh, around that sort of mentality and, and, and things. And I don't mean to take away from uh, like the idea of, of making um, uh, and the, the idea of uh, the artist bringing things to that. But uh, like I said, that's just kind of my, my sort of gut, uh, what I go on as far as photography goes is like... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I want to jump in there and and say that um, from my perspective, I think I think it's good to hold space for both people who are in like evidence. Uh, there's there's this interesting uh, juxtaposition between process oriented work and evidence based work. Um, so people who are in the acts of creating to produce a product, and those people who are in, engaged in acts of creating because this act of creating satisfies some deep itch. And then products like arise out of the nature of scratching that itch, um, and and here you know I think as we've illustrated throughout this, uh, a, a large part of your creative practice is traveling, is uh, wink wink, is moving to these spaces that you're discovering, that you're finding. It's it's um, the creative process is having open eyes and you know, these products um, in some ways become evidence of your work, uh, evidence of that work that you're doing and might not even be potentially like the core of what your creative practice is. And for other people, it's much more product focused. And um, like you said, like there's space for those creators too who are who are making things that are new versus people who are having experiences that are new and are receiving evidences from those experiences. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love and these I, pool photos, though. Um, I do. Yeah, yeah, Jake. Well, it it feels. I mean, you're a geographer for God's sake. Like, it, yeah. You're, like, I feel like the mission is like, like if geography was like to be broken down to a sentence, it'd be like, how do it be? Mm -hmm. And then you're you're there to be like, it do be this it'd way, be like this. <laughs> like, like. I feel like you're you're like perfectly marrying that because you're just like here's what it is, but then here's how I also want to show you how it mm -hmm. is, you know. And I I feel like there's a lot of conversation, especially in like the political world, of like the idea of like a good faith or a bad faith argument or good faith like mm -hmm. use of certain things. And I feel like it feels very unsinister the way you're using a drone, in my mm -hmm. opinion. And I don't mean to qualify the work whatsoever, but I feel like that's what gives it a lot of beauty in that like these pool images specifically too, which I am totally over the moon over too, of like, it's, it's 
it's like 20 things at once because it, it just is that it is what it is, you know, mm-hmm. and people are able to get out of that what they need to. And, and yeah, I think, um, I think you, I, I think that's good. I think it's good to recognize kind of, again, where these things are springing from, like, where is the spring of creativity and that like really kind of fills up this body of work. Um, first of all, there are no people here, right? Which we return to that idea of surveillance of like very quickly creepy, right? Like very quickly, not something that you would do. But um, this is from uh, uh, volume eight. So this is August. And and then you, you know, it brings up questions for me that are like, why aren't there people in the pool? And And then it's, Either like there's some cholera breakout that's taking place that I didn't hear about in the news, or it's early in the morning. Uh, it doesn't seem like it can be late in the evening. Um, but then this is also indicating uh, where I kind of want to take us, where I kind of want to leave us off before our next break, is ideas of leisure and how this creative practice for you also feels like a leisure practice. That like you are doing this as a method of working but it seems like you're enjoying it. Yeah, so I mean, so this is, uh, this would fall into the camp of like me, uh, me sort of uh, the overlap between like my day job and, and art practice. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, this, this was a project that I was given, uh, it was a different project at this site um, to do things. And then it's like, well, I'm going to take pictures while, you know, while while I'm there, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to use my, like, uh, you know, I don't smoke cigarettes, so I'm going to use my, I'm going to use my 15 minute smoke break to like fly my own drone, you know? So, um, yeah, there's, there's, I think that's part of why I landed on, uh, uh, maybe not landed on, but, uh, why the zine sort of concept works for me, um, is I kind of struggle to tie it all together, um, in a sort of, um you know a a typical sort of like curated fashion you know like uh um you know i've tried to i've tried to organize images and themes of uh extraction and uh and erosion and uh you know those sorts of uh ideas and i feel like they always kind of come up short and the zine is helpful because it it just gives me a nice sort of framework to put things in so Mm -hmm. Uh, it it makes sense within the zine to have this you know pool images next to uh, you know terrestrial images of a junkyard next to a quarry images because they're just that's just what I did you know that's just <laughs> that's just my life you know <laughs> yeah. how it um, how it do be <laughs> so I can you know I uh, the chronological order of it gives me this excuse uh, to juxtapose uh, things because that's just the general flow of of life. Um, for me and you got these pool um, these pool blues you know starting to sneak in in the junkyard and then boom, yeah and there's you know, you know and there's uh, there's this obvious uh you know the other part of the zine stuff is it's uh it's all about my own sort of you know the chron- the chronological nature of it gives it a certain excuse but um it's heavy on editing you know mm-hmm. so uh and that's you know that's obvious uh like when you look at it um it's a way to reassess and uh and edit and pair so um so i so i can move past what the images are and and start playing with you know 
which ones do I actually enjoy the most? You know, which ones actually play off each other uh, um, well and those sorts of things as opposed to like getting caught up in uh, the deeper nature of them. So um, that distance yeah, is the, nice. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of the zine stuff was kind of a, a reaction to uh, the Instagram, you know, the Insta part of the Instagram. So, um, you know, I had a, I had a, I had my love affair with, uh, with social media. Um, and then I, the zine was kind of like a way to see if I could get that sort of, uh, dopamine, uh, uh, from other means, <laughs> you know, loop. so, yeah. uh, <laughs> And not to take, you know, Instagram pro provides a certain thing that oh, yeah. social media in general provides a certain thing that uh, is, you know, is useful um, and is pleasurable and stuff. But uh, I'd say this was the zine was a, a nice way to sort of uh, remind myself that doesn't need to be um, immediate. Like mm -hmm. I can I can take time and there's uh, there's very uh, positive things that come from uh, distance and uh, reassessing and and change and, and all those things as well. So great. Um, well, I think that's a good place to uh, take a, a brief break. So we're going on our second break here for the show. And I do want to get into kind of like the instantaneousness. I have, I have some rant cooking up inside of me about hashtag latergram that I think <laughs> it's like a really silly thing that we used to do. Um, yeah. But, but we'll get back into it. So uh, say goodbye to our friends for now and say hello to me. Thanks everyone for tuning in, all the new followers, people being active in the chat. Now's a good time for you to, across the break, um, post some questions that you have for Aaron, uh, some things that you want to hear him respond directly to, and we'll be able to intersperse those through the final half of the conversation. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, I, I appreciate these moments in the chat. You all are always welcome to speak up, but I also know sometimes it feels good just to listen. So feel free to always lurk. Um, but also, please, now's a good time to start asking questions for Aaron that we'll get to when we get back from our break. We're going to take a quick 10-minute break, uh, and we'll be back here at about 12.11. If you need something to do in the meantime, you can do us a favor and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's something that holds the archives of these talks um, for later and something that I'm working to make a really good resource to categorize all of this information that we are creating with our wonderful guests to support the legacy of the work that they do. If you're interested in checking out Aaron's Instagram, give him a follow over there because he'll know you followed because you're watching the show today and that'll make him feel good about us. So just go shoot him a follow. You really won't regret it. And we'll see you back here around 1212. Maybe if I know which button to hit. Thanks again. Hello everyone, we're back. And uh, you know, I think that second break for our viewers is a good opportunity to get like another cup of coffee, you know, to recaffeinate. Um, because usually like 12, between 12 and two is when I decide if I'm having more coffee or if I'm going to not have any more coffee that day. So I hope you got some coffee. If not, I hope you're staying hydrated. Um, we're getting back into this conversation that we have with Aaron. Uh, the thing that keeps happening in my mind is um, Aaron's name is Aaron Owens, and then his Instagram is Owens Aaron. And every time I say Aaron, even though I know that's his name, I really have to wonder if his name is Owen. 
So Rick, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in there and say I have the same issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're 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 not the only ones. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been greeted as hey Owens, what's up, man? Or what's up, oh, Owen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I I realize a bit with regret about the name, but uh, I, it's something I've stuck with. So um, there's like <laughs> there's no going back now. No, for sure. I, I mean, knew there is. There can't can be done very easily. But <laughs> it's a good shtick. It's a good thing. It's a good. Could vibe. do it if we wanted to. New masses. Thanks for the follow. I'm not sure what's happening with my follower alerts today. So they're not pop. Oh, there we go. Yeah, there's one. But that's that's just like uh, no one actually donated. Um, oh, don't get excited. Okay. It's like wow, John coming through. No, <laughs> no. It's I was just testing it. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the alerts today. <laughs> It's the only way we get money if it's a test. <laughs> wow, really cool. Yeah. Um, but yes, again, New Masses, thanks for following. Uh, definitely want to shout you out. Appreciate that. So we're going to hop back into it here. Um, the thing that I I think we kind of left off talking about leisure and and talking about kind of how this, you know, process uh, perf- preside, presides – uh, your honorable presidement. Um, how, art how, <laughs> yeah, art court. That's our new show. Um, where like we have a plaintiff and they're and a defendant, obviously. Uh, and the person is like suing the other person for like biting their style, right? And then we're art court where we preside over that and we have a, a comically oversized gavel that we bang on various things as. As a, as a well, and every, everybody's element. guilty. Yeah, oh, the true. Uh, <laughs> that's the <laughs> that's the, that's the whole whole catch of it all. It's like you're never innocent. You're uh-huh. always guilty. So no, that's good. Yeah, maybe maybe Owens Aaron should be the uh, <laughs> maybe it's the Honorable Owens Aaron who's presiding yeah. over Art Court. There we go. It can be your show on the travel. Agency. Sounds like a pretty easy pretty pretty easy gig. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I've I've considered the evidence, and yes. Yeah, you're definitely guilty. Yeah. <laughs> Just like every episode, exactly. Okay, I mean, there's a there's a lot of money to be made in 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 judge shows. Mm-hmm. That much yeah. is true. So, somebody was uh, I was listening to this um this show that my friend Moira Smith sent me called like Random Tape. Uh, it's like a show podcast on Spotify. Um, people might like that, but in one of the random tapes, somebody was talking about how they ended, like they did something, they destroyed somebody's property or whatever, and they ended up on Judge Judy. Mm. But like, that leads me to believe that you don't just end up on Judge du- Judy. Yeah. You know, like you did that, and then somehow, like, how does it even go? Like, the person's like, "This is a Judge Judy crime. Let me submit it before I actually sue them to see if it's gonna like be a good case." And then not only are you getting sued, but you also are like getting sued in Judge Judy's court. Really kind of strange. I don't know how that works. I, I just thought There's it was all fake, there. but what to uncover for sure. Anyways, maybe I'm off off topic. <laughs> um, well, I mean these are these are the things that we need to know if we're gonna move forward with yeah. art court. So oh, yeah. like yeah, research one oh one. So yeah. I think um we're all about research here. Yeah, for those of you who know Judge Judith Scheindland uh please shoot us a dm <laughs> let's move over here to the the first volume of okay the first the third volume 
see, I, I, the terminology, I've messed it up. So this is year three, or volume three, and uh, inside of that, it's number one. Um, so this is the most recent, seven days recent, uh, maybe, or, or uh, 38 days recent iteration of the zine here. Uh, and, I, and I guess I'm curious, uh, you know, kind of how, how you're feeling about this, because this is cl so much closer in proximity than the other ones, but still is a year and a month or prior, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's been a, it's been kind of a whole uh, journey through these things. Um, like I said, the first one uh, was very sort of uh, low key, um, trying to find a sort of footing, um, something I had never done or experienced or experimented with before. So, um, at the end of that, I was having some difficulty figuring out how to get it printed. Um, had a, a couple of frustrations as far as logistics stuff goes. Um, and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to bother with doing it again. Uh, the idea of having something called One Year Volume 2 did have an appeal um, just for the silliness of it. Um, mm. And so... Uh, and but and and then I had uh, you know I had good friends that uh, um, one in particular that uh, I was delivering it to that uh, kind of wouldn't allow me to stop. So uh, okay, <laughs> and I think I was get I was getting stuff out of it. Uh, I was getting a lot out of it actually, and um, it's been really uh, a, a fun and useful thing for me to to compile each each uh, each month. So generally, I, generally I get it together. I try not to start on it until about. Uh, halfway through each month to give like that full sort of year uh distance okay. uh, it feels a bit like cheating if i were to start it like at the first of the month and start going through so i've yet to start on uh my february stuff i'll probably open that up here uh next week and start uh piecing through uh what all i did last year uh last february um and start kind of going through so so yeah and then this uh this volume three is uh even more um uh, a next sort of level or step forward or step in some direction uh and that is the first one that i've really kind of gone public with um mm. you know uh the other ones were all pretty much you know invite only um not really invite just me like dumping my issues on you like whether you want it or not uh so um like literally at your doorstep me just kind of delivering this odd odd pamphlet of my uh inner thoughts Mm -hmm. um, for you to like, uh, go through at your leisure. Um, and so, I mean, essentially, so I, so this last round, I made it more of a point to, once I had a digital digitized to give them out to a broader audience. Um, and Jake was on that sort of list cause Jake's always been, uh, um, appreciative of my work and, uh, has been friendly and, um, I thought he might enjoy them. Um, and so, uh, he quickly asked me if I wanted to be on the show, and I said yes. And then uh, it dawned on me shortly after that that I was like, well, it wouldn't make much sense for me to be on here with like uh, talking about things that no one else <laughs> like gets to see. So, uh, so maybe it was some sort of subconscious way of me being like, well, let's let's take the next step of <laughs> uh, of like introducing the larger public to this uh, this project. Um, and this year is going to be special because it's, you know, it's starting off with me reviewing the year 2020, mm -hmm. um, which uh, I think will be 
of interest for me uh, to, to go through. Um, yeah, to jump in there, uh, the thing that I immediately feel is that, like, the first of all, the question, I think, it begs the question, why aren't these made, like, why are these a year behind, right? And I think that to answer that question, we can use this example of what is going to take place this year with the project of uh, describing your experiences through um, all of the events of last year. A few come to mind, honestly, <laughs> at this point. Um, but all, all of these events. And if you were writing these journals and if you were taking these photographs as something to share to like document that month at the end of that month i have to believe that the work that you would make would be much less authentic and that like you would have certain responsibilities to like speak more about like motivating people to be happy or you know to like be sharing things that add positivity to the situation rather than creating this uh, authentic view of like what your internal space is um, so for me this is a, a good indicator as to like the power of that year difference and I'll be interested to see how you experience that space because I'm sure the tendency is still like well a year from now I want people to know this or a year from now I want people to feel this but it feels more authentic yeah, yeah I mean like the, the so the the words are definitely you know They've probably become an increasing part of uh, the zines, um, and that's probably it's partly at least intentional in that uh, you know that. So the first year that I put them together, I was dealing with uh, um, with past material that was written without the expectation of being used in any way. So. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a, a bit more rawness of them. Um, I find that they're a less probably uh, more uneven in a way. Like I felt bad kind of giving them to some people, and when they read through them, they're like, "Oh man, like Aaron's in Aaron's in a bad place," <laughs> you know? Because like <laughs> the only time I would bother to write in a journal was you know when I would felt like I needed to write in a journal, you know, uh, and like get sort of emotions out uh, in a constructive way. Um, and that starts to change a little bit uh, in um, in a way that it, that I've enjoyed, and that it becomes uh, a practice um, to write now. So uh, it feels a sort of responsibility. So the the words that I'm working with here in volume three, you know, I'm I'm journaling and I'm I'm being honest to myself at the time, uh, but there's also this sort of responsibility to my future self next year to have material to work with. Mm. Um, and then it becomes, uh, I think what's been interesting as well is the words themselves uh, become with that distance from a, with a, with a year's distance, it, it gives me a sort of, uh, you know, it's not, it's not objective, but they become a sort of uh, raw material. Uh, the, the feel of them become less more, much less personal. So I think you're right as far as if I was trying to write this and publish it immediately, um, there, there would be a much different thing than whenever I have a year removed to be like, that was a different person that wrote those. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can just like chop them up to make them, uh, be, um, how I feel now, you know, and there's this sort of 
weird overlap uh, between persons. Um, so, uh, so yeah, this this year is going to be interesting. I mean, to be honest, it's going to be. Uh, I think people might be a little bit disappointed <laughs> in my take on twenty twenty because, uh, <laughs> you know, that's on brand for twenty twenty. So yeah. <laughs> you're working within yeah, the right I mean, materials. It's, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like I there's been a lot of suffering around you know around this whole thing, and I and you know I feel really guilty for uh, like how lucky i have been throughout the whole process mm -hmm. um and how kind of like i'm i'm introverted by nature and so a lot of a lot of the things that people have had to deal with um that have been uh you know cause of causes of, of real pain and suffering for people have been uh in a sense like a relief for me to live this sort of way you know that's that's not 100 percent always but yeah. um the role that I found myself falling into of routine, being at home, uh, offered their own sorts of uh, pleasures. Um, so that comes through as well in those journals. You know, it's um, it's a lot of me just like looking out the window and, and like describing squirrels. Yeah, <laughs> you know that sort of thing. That's so, good. Uh, you you know, couldn't publish that in February. You know, I couldn't publish that in April of last year. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you're worried about COVID, spend some time looking out your window with squirrels. <laughs> it's not a good look it's like the but but also i think that like i i think that it's super valid and really good to have these conversations because i know i know jake and i have talked about this um we feel incredibly fortunate and lucky to i mean there are definitely it's definitely an indication of our privilege uh and um a good opportunity to you know share wealth and and be mindful of people who don't have the same choices that we have um, you know, grocery workers and fast food yeah. restaurants, employees, and, you know, showing, showing that love when we can, I think was really good. Um, and then also, I, this is just how I'm feeling right now. Like I'm also introverted in a lot of ways and public life and like what was required of me to be a human in the art world, uh, and, or in the professional world was like damaging to me. It's like always, always constantly damaging to me. Uh, like I just am not built for that. And I was able to heal a lot of social wounds through this time with this opportunity that none of us could have predicted. Um, so, you know, I, I think for other people, the opposite is true. But, but for me, that was, that was my experience is there was a lot of time to heal social wounds last year. Definitely. Well, and I'm just curious, like Aaron. So, like you, you call these redacted journals, yeah. And I, I think, like, it's interesting to me that like a journal as itself is kind of like the most open-ended thing in the world in a way. But I also feel like leave it to the guy that works for the government to have redacted, uh, <laughs> redacted <laughs> information put up. Um, but I, I also think like, like what what it does. For me to read it and what it sees like when i think about artists and actually i'll use this opportunity to get on rick about it uh i've done it i did a studio visit with him uh in his in his home space and i was like dude i just feel like like have you written about your material like have you work written about what you're doing and he kind of just looked at me like i was a jerk like <laughs> it was sort of this like like i'm not like it's not that like i feel like rick like you you didn't say like you weren't there yet bro but it was more just like i'm still in the like you're still in it 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Rick, this is a separate conversation. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. But <laughs> I just feel like that, like, there's not a lot of artists that even like to write either even a, to write in general, be write about maybe their own art or even see write adjacently to their own art. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, like, what have the journals felt like once that was like, especially the first time you did it compared to now, like, what has it felt like to have like your own writing and it ha- clearly be bearing, being paralleled with the work of, of that time? Yeah, I mean, so I, you know, contrary to maybe my like verbose self on Art Brunch, um, I, I don't talk very much. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty reserved over here. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty reserved person, especially like in groups. Um, you know, one on one, you can kind of get me going, but like group situations, I tend to sit back and, and listen. Um, and that's just kind of my my general nature. Um, and a lot of a lot of the impulse for the zine, um, I, I feel like I'm given probably like five or six different creation stories of this of this zine stuff. But uh, Good. at least <laughs> at least one of these one of the impulses was to you know just share with people that I I knew but I didn't necessarily think knew me as well as I could let them, mm. I guess. Uh, mm. And so um, making myself uh, allowing myself to be vulnerable to to, to friends um, was a part a part of this. Um, and those journals are part of that as well. Uh, but like I said, um, you know, with the idea of dropping off this like uh, manuscript of uh, inner thoughts uh, to people that didn't necessarily ask for them, um, I thought the least I could do was like try to relieve, uh, like try to remove the uh, the the worst bits, <laughs> like the the most <laughs> boring parts. Like, um, you know, I I. I didn't want to have to uh, make people sit through the whole sort of journal, um, mm. uh, and and the editing part, uh, maybe not at the beginning, but it has become uh, uh, an important um, aspect of it. Um, the way you can play with the re- removal um, and the sort of erasure and sort of uh, imposing your current self on your past self uh, in ways. Um, has become a sort of aspect that uh, um, is fun to play with and I think important to the aspect of the work. Um, and this past uh, past year, uh, you know, the, the first year too, I was maybe a little bit uh, hesitant to get too uh, too much into it. Um, I still am pretty reserved with the editing, but this uh, the volume two and volume three, I started going through the process with the photos as well. So volume one was all the original photos as I kind of developed Mm. them. Um, And because uh, the printing for volume two was black and white, uh, I found that I had to go back through my photos, um, you know, and specifically uh, develop them as black and white photos, um, you know, and not let the, not let the Xerox do it for me. Um, (laughs) You know, that's a good way to just like ruin a photo. So yeah, (laughs) And what was encouraging about that was, uh, maybe not encouraging, but uh, what was nice about that too was it added another layer of that editing where I was going back through the raw images, finding ones that I had overlooked, um, finding ways that my taste or, uh, you know, um, yeah, my my taste had kind of changed over the last year. Um, You know, photos that I might have dismissed a year ago now spoke to me in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, different angles of uh, of the drone work or different um, areas I was at. Um, 
maybe being a little bit more open to a certain uh, mund mundane or, or blandness, uh, initial mundane or blandness of the photo now kind of uh, um, had more interest to me, those sorts of things. Um, Definitely. So yeah, it's, uh, I forget exactly where we got started on this. Well, yeah. Well, I, and just the word, <laughs> like the idea of the redacted journal to me, I'm yeah, like, okay. I'm like thinking of like six different ways to, to kind of, reshape it again to the photo work itself because it's like this is the journal itself and then you reshaping it or redacting it and create making it art is ex in a way exactly what i feel like like even this image right here it's like this is the image of this land but now you are framing it to make it art now it is so there's sort of like a part and parcel to not just your your words which then naturally makes new forms you know just like it does in your words like you're physically the way you remove the stuff which i i personally really like because i feel like like you're not crossing them out like you know like <laughs> like a government document like you are you're just removing them it's just actually redacted and that creates a new form you know and there's beautiful lines that you're manufacturing through these things just because of what happened i imagine so that's like deeply personal lines or lines you just don't feel need to be shared or removed typically uh the lines that get removed are are the most boring bits okay uh, normally <laughs> so uh, like social security numbers and stuff are removed yeah. and you know things like that <laughs> yeah they're generally like you know what i ate this morning or you gotcha. know those sorts of like uh just filler sort of sort of things pet uh, name or like... where you went to high school and your mother's maiden name that's all we yeah. need yeah exactly <laughs> uh yeah i mean it's it's interesting as far as the like the redacting stuff goes i mean it's um I, yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot of difference as far as the way I approach most sorts of art stuff um, with whether it's photos or, or the words and, and things like it's framing is, in, is important, obviously, and a lot of it comes down to just a sort of, certain like feel uh, for what you're doing and um, like a feel most importantly of where to stop. Um, mm -hmm. I think, you know, think it's kind of like yeah. that, like... Um, I don't know, maybe less so with pictures, but um, I mean, the picture stuff, I guess it would be framed more like a, knowing like what's what's enough in the in the mm -hmm. picture and like um, like not pushing too far, like not trying to juice it up, you know, or like, like not looking for that sort of like National Geographic sort of like <laughs> picture I've seen a thousand times uh -oh. and knowing like I like this of and like trusting that sort of thing. So totally. The thing that comes up for me there is, is a conversation, uh, funnily enough, that I don't think we have enough time for, but is, is this idea of uh, fidelity. And um, we spoke about this briefly, but uh, the, what I'm seeing with these journals is, is like, what is the level of detail? Like, what is the level of fidelity that's appropriate? And um, we connect this to the idea of like drone being ultra high fidelity, but also like very limited in scope compared to like a satellite photograph or an aerial plane photographing. Um, and then that plays into this kind of like social aspect of, of this project that you're talking about is like, this was a way for me to like give personality, give love and caring fidelity to people that have like expressed interest in it. And I just didn't quite know like which level of me they really wanted. So I'm giving them like the next level of my fidelity, which is this, these writings and these pictures, and I'm doing it with intimacy. So they know like 
I love them too. And I think that that's like really sweet. And in our most intimate relationships, we have the most like intimate granular fidelities that sound boring and don't make sense to anybody. But yeah, like the closer you get with somebody, the more you want to be seen in high definition. Yeah. I mean, like there's, there's definitely like, uh, so, I mean, my hesitation, you know, I might speak a little bit to my hesitation with, uh, sharing, uh, widely. Yeah. Um, like they, and I, I hope that they maintain this. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I think if they, if they lose, if they lose this, then I probably, uh, hopefully I'll stop making them. But, you know, right now they're made with a sense of sort of, uh, well, I mean, like a sense of love in, yeah. in that way. Like it's a sense of sharing and um, uh, and vulnerability and trying to be known um, in a way to people that I care about. Um, and hopefully that, uh, I mean, it's uh, it's yet to be seen whether that translates to people that don't actually know me, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and uh, don't actually, uh, you know, whether it's actually translatable to people that, um that uh you know i've never met before so that's something that's scary but also a sort of exciting uh bit from allowing a a wider audience to see it um whether they've actually seen it or not i'm not sure but well that um, that is that is a huge part i think of the artist's way and and something that i know uh we talk about on art brunch and and something that comes up all the time is like people won't love you if you don't provide avenues for them to, uh, but like it is, it is like a, a really intimate and kind of raw process of like, okay, yeah, I guess nobody <laughs> does like me, you know? And, and this probably will feel like that for a long time, you know, cause these things take time. Like the photographs are such good entry, you know, gateway drugs, to you and then and then now to know that like if you want more uh it's no longer too bad it's if you want more like this is the more that i'm willing to give yeah congratulations for that man like (laughs) for real like that's some real shit like i don't know what it's gonna do for you but congratulations for for feeling that yeah well i mean some the the anecdote that i use is uh like have you ever gotten uh uh, just like bad presents from like yeah <laughs> from like people you care about like family or friends or whatever for like, sure you, so you oh. just get this present and you're just like what makes you think i would want <laughs> i would want this you know it's very nice of you to who give do you think i am yeah but like uh but like this is not something that i would uh expect to receive um I, not that that's i mean that's I, that's happened to me a couple of times but uh it occurred to me one time that you know the reason i the reason that happens is because i don't let myself be known you know like no wonder my you know distant relative gives me this awful gift because like my distant relative has no idea who i am you know mm-hmm. um and so you know i just you know there's I, I guess I'm trying to find hacks as far as like how to allow that to happen um uh, allow myself to be known. Um, so, and this is kind of one of those sorts of things. I don't know if that's a, a useful <laughs> oh, anecdote oh. or not, but, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we're happy to be a part of it too, you know, obviously. So <laughs> thanks for being well, this here. Is, yeah. This is, uh, <laughs> this is a nice soft landing. So I, I appreciate <laughs> you guys being receptive to it. So I don't know what I would, I would probably just, 
I would leave. I would leave if you guys started being too mean. <laughs> yeah, you can just disconnect. Yeah. Take, yeah, just close the laptop sometime whenever. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, I love this soft landing idea, Rick. Is that is that a good segue into our our final s- section? Yeah, I think so. I think that um, to you know, I, I like to talk about kind of the the things that we experience with that is is you'd think that we could get somewhere in an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> you, you'd think that we could provide some clarity on Aaron. And maybe we did. You know, I, I know. Like it, to think we did. I think we did, right? Um, yeah. But it just creates more questions, really. Yeah. So, so this show, <laughs> this show often, uh, you know, kind of challenges that idea of fidelity and how do we get to know an artist and, uh, fundamentally, the reason that we explore that is because most of the fundamental systems that are used to get to know artists are incredibly ineffective. And maybe we're just adding to that that lineage and to that history. And that's a good art historical lineage to be a part of. Uh, Rejon Proto says, hacker, exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, one of the ways that we try to provide fidelity is through uh, these final 10 questions. Um, they the form is the same but the content contents change from time to time as we are going to ask you kind of 10 rapid fire questions to round us off today that gives us a just a bit of perspective on things outside of what we talked about today none of these topics came up earlier in the show <laughs> uh, so we're we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna move through these and uh and definitely you know take the take the license that you need to answer these in a way that best reflect your personality open up get you just feel feel your heart center uh the spinning disc of your heart chakra spinning faster and faster until you can feel this warm this warm emerging uh this warm opening and you'll be received well i can feel i can feel already (laughs) (laughs) we're we're hacking into our chakras that's what we're doing uh what is one simple thing that you're trying to get good at right now um, I don't know if it's uh, simple. Um, <laughs> I, well, I mean, it's, it's it's actually proven to be a lot uh, less simple than what I, I I've been playing way too much with GarageBand on iPad. Oh yeah, okay. like it has become uh, an issue. Uh-huh. We got the guitars um, over your left shoulder there, the <laughs> the angel and the devil. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I've played, I've, <laughs> I, I I don't really consider myself a musician. That's not like something that I've uh i've never like really released things or anything like that but i've dappled in uh you know songs and and things like that um and i've played guitar for longer than i haven't so Hmm. uh but yeah i got uh i got my hands on like a little directional mic that plugs into my ipad um and i was like oh yeah open up garage band and like god like the floodgates (laughs) are just like (laughs) you know i did not expect to be like faux producing terrible songs so um anyway that's that's what i've been spending like the last three weeks i've just been like wasting days on uh on garage band like and then listening to really like actually actual songs that are well produced and really oh, yeah. terrible and then it's just <laughs> oh god yeah that's <laughs> so, that's I, not Jake, the right way Jake to do it probably, like, uh... <laughs> that's a scary way to go about it <laughs> I, I just vastly appreciate that you're that it addicted like you're addicted to it now that you open a floodgate because I feel like so many people get into any sort of like 
uh, DAW digital audio workspace, like even GarageBand, that like just feels so overwhelming that most people are like I'm even, not even GarageBand. Yeah, well, hey, and actually, it's so interesting. I was actually going to bring up GarageBand earlier. It's so amazing that you brought it up now. I can't believe it happened. Uh, but like, it's it's just I typically so overwhelming, and I love that you just like it it hooked you rather. Yeah. I, I never hear that narrative ever about mm. like working with computers and music. So I, I that gives me faith. And and uh, very curious what you're making, by the way. Quick side note. So let's know when your mixtape drops. Yeah. Well, it, it took me about. 30 years to drop a zine so okay uh, <laughs> so we'll see you in like maybe 20 yeah, or something don't, yeah. don't hold don't, yeah don't hold don't hold your breath so we'll see yeah re john also asks where and when can we listen so you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll uh we'll keep you posted, promote the, promote the yeah. drop yeah yeah sure. yeah we'll see all right uh, go ahead jake okay um aaron what is your favorite type of gum Ooh, uh i mean i'm not the last gum that I the last gum that I bought was juicy fruit. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I would say I have like a all of that sort of like genre that like small stick pack genre of like big red double mint juicy fruit like I would I would go with any any of those three. It's Wrigley, right? Is that the the Wrigley probably, trifecta? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to just the little the little slide in the shirt pocket kind of gum for sure. Yeah. So I mean the juicy fruit like it stays in your car though like i had like a pack in there and like you just smell juicy fruit for just like a week yeah oh, man yeah so it's, many, like, it's like a little little trees yeah. air freshener for sure yeah, totally <laughs> what if they made gum they should that'd be wild black ice gum i want to try black ice as gum yeah. <laughs> would be delicious. people would really buy that people really would, would really buy that yeah there's a billion dollar idea. The the next question that we have is have you ever successfully completed a game of Monopoly? Ooh. Uh, well, so how do you actually complete <laughs> like you, <laughs> there's there's answer. you go you go until <laughs> people are done, right? Like until people run out or do you have to do something? I yeah, probably not. Yeah. So the answer is no. Yeah. We probably we probably come pretty close, but it, some and you just give up. Like when people have just like ten dollars left. Yeah. Yeah. The the late up. stage capitalism is the one that really sucks you dry. That's the one that we're living in right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the one where you just want to get up and walk away. Yeah. Right. Um, um, Smoth um, says Smoth doubles down on that uh, little tree's gum. So I'll send him an email later. Let me get like two percent. Really should um aaron so it's interesting this question that comes up since you do have like a day job that does actually influence your art in a way though but let's just oh for this question let's get rid of geographer let's get rid of photographer other than being an artist or geographer what would uh your dream job be with no limits oh man i don't know uh so I, re I realize this, this. So this is the opposite of the answer. Actually, is that like I really do like I really do like my job. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like I have no plans of like pursuing other stuff. Uh, St. Louis County, if you're I listening, mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he loves it. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I'm very fortunate to have the job that I do, and uh, like yeah. plan on staying there for a while. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, the other stuff that <laughs> probably probably would be like some some sort of a hermit. Oh yeah, <laughs> a professional that's hermit. Sort of like, yeah. yeah, if that's a if that's a dream job, like, so it's like uh, an author, like the man in the lighthouse. 
yeah, put me in a shack that come and like allow me to come into town like once a week, and I think I'd be like, I would be pretty happy in that role. That's extra okay. vibes. That's for sure. That sounds good. Uh, what is that game? Fire Firewatch. Have you ever heard of the game Firewatch? Uh, uh, oh, the, yeah, it rings a bell. But, it's a, uh, it's a thing of this guy who it's like a game based on uh, a person who is in like a Firewatch shack in like a national park, and they have yeah. that kind of life, and you you live through the story of like what it would be to do that. Um, but the, I mean, there's like some juiciness to it too, which might be a little yeah. too much. Uh, but if there's like Fire Shack Simulator, um, <laughs> you might want to look that up on Steam. There's a lot of there's a lot of really uh, pointless pointless shit out there. <laughs> you can spend your time on. Um, what was your favorite cartoon growing up? Hmm. I mean, we didn't have uh, so we didn't have cable growing up, so it was all that sort of. Uh... Uh, PBS sort of stuff. Mm. Uh, Arthur, I guess, would be a cartoon. Solid choice. I guess he was a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like cartoon-wise, I guess I, that was the first one that comes to mind. I, of course, I still kind of watch it. Oh, uh, yeah. that, what was that? Uh, House of Imaginary Friends or whatever that was on Cartoon Network. Oh yeah, that was like an adult. That was like an adult yeah. favorite of mine. Was, <laughs> like Blue and the. Uh, yeah. Fosters. Fosters. Oh, Fosters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was on the same time as like Chowder. I think of those two shows right. very similarly. Like Adventure Time adjacent. Yeah. yeah. That was like comfort time for me when I was like 22, I think. I think okay. that that counts as growing up. Okay. Yeah, we're still. Yeah. <laughs> There's always little little levels to these questions for sure. Um, I'll take this one because I, I, I don't know if there if you'll have an answer for this i don't know if you have this in you aaron uh who is an artist you hate to love uh i mean i i, I would say you're right i don't i don't think i have it, in me. <laughs> I, it. I don't think i have like uh you're too positive man you don't have that in you <laughs> that's good well it's i think it's thing. so it's it's i think it's uh it's probably less about that and more like i don't really know artists mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> like <laughs> Like I didn't go through like the art school gauntlet, so it's something that I, best. I try I try to I've tried to work on, you know, um, yeah. and trying to get better with stuff. But like one, I'm terrible with names in general, like uh-huh. even like friends and relatives and stuff. Uh, so that's difficult. And then two, like I just uh, it's like so overwhelming whenever you come into like the art world and you start hearing people talk about stuff. Um, and so I've been fortunate in that way, in that like really the people that uh, I like see or, or look up i choose to and I'm, <laughs> so it's yeah. like you know so i tend to like their stuff that's cool. good yeah um you heard it here first folks you can uh, make really great photographs without going to art school <laughs> uh or you can spend twenty thousand dollars and then proceed to drop out of art school like me <laughs> so i think it's i think it's the right choice i mean <laughs> you know you you can do it you can do it. There's ways. Uh, the next one is when you're driving, are you the giver or the receiver of the finger? Uh, there, there definitely was a time where I where I was the giver, but now I am I'm I'm definitely the receiver. <laughs> <laughs> I like. That sounds like I conviction. A, you you have some sort of conviction there. I drive. I drive the speed limit. Yeah. I got like a. I, I drive a 2002 Chevy Prism now, and like it's it's old enough now that I can set the cruise on 
the speed limit and people like accept it <laughs> it's like of course this car is going 60 60 miles an hour on highway 40 so, the culture with it makes sense no for sure yeah it, i i get the finger just because i'm i'm a slow driver i'm a very slow driver now so intentional intentional yeah anyway. mm -hmm. <laughs> uh aaron what are your thoughts on crocs crocs the foot the, the footwear yeah 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 not, not crocodiles <laughs> I can see where you where your mind would go. Uh, you know. yeah, maybe we should put footwear after that, but yeah. no, I think this is this is definitely exhibiting some Aaron Aaron traits right here. This is exactly what the question's supposed to do. <laughs> uh, I, Yo, you I love crocodiles? <laughs> I like that. Maybe that we should change it to that sometime. We will. Um, Crocs, Crocs, the footwear. Uh, it would be. I don't know, ambivalent, I guess. Yeah. Okay. We don't have. I, it's it's not a pick one. It's just like your general feelings on Crocs. Mine yeah. would be an ambivalence. Uh, mm -hmm. I've never, yeah, I've never worn them. Um, I don't necessarily have anything against them. So. But. <laughs> cool. It's a fair play. Um, can you describe your meditation practice or a similar way of relaxing or connecting to your world or your surroundings? Sure. Uh, so, uh, so my wife and I own a yoga studio here in South City uh, that we took over a year ago. Oh wow! January twenty twenty. So, uh, so yeah, I do I do a fair amount of yoga. I don't teach or anything. It's all my name's you know is a partnership with uh, my wife and I, uh, but she is by far the driver and manager of all of it. So plug the yoga uh, spot. Just kind of. Yep. It's a uh, practicing yoga, practicing yoga studio, uh, the kind of the corner of Chippewa and Hampton. Oh, small, small little place. So um, we're still up and going. Um, Which uh, corner? Online. <laughs> so if you're going a little bit, a little bit east of the schnooks there, okay. uh, we are in the um, across the street from Craft. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Beer cellar. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. Next door to the State Farm and Barbershop. Yeah, I know exactly oh. what you're talking about. Cool. Yeah. So we, uh, it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a lovely studio. Uh, my wife has done a fantastic job of, uh, keeping it afloat this last year. So we have online classes and, uh, five people are allowed for in-person. Um, and we have an online subscription model that she launched this year as well. So, uh, I've done my best to just be primarily supportive, but there are, uh, there are there are videos of me doing yoga floating around mm. online if you if you look <laughs> hard enough. But uh, so yeah, meditation practice practice it would be uh, I, I try to be consistent with yoga and I take uh, I take a lot of walks mm -hmm. around the neighborhood. So you gotta love that, that the the business to. of wellness. Like I was in the wellness industry for seven or so years before I you know, decided to be an artist again and uh, the most relaxing, like stressful industry. It's like the, the yoga that you're doing is, it's probably like at least offsetting the stress from owning the yoga studio, hopefully <laughs> <laughs> at the very least. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, the yoga world is a whole other podcast or a yeah. whole other uh <laughs> <laughs> twitch uh twitch channel it's uh, <laughs> it's i mean it's it's lovely i mean we have a we have a we have a um small but growing and uh wonderful community uh 
there and uh i'm just happy to be a kind of a small part of it so awesome um it's a it's a it's a unique sort of uh niche within that wellness community for sure thanks for sharing that with us everybody go check that out yeah uh jake you want to take the last question okay um what is the most memorable response you've received about your work Hmm. um I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean. So the the one that probably is is pretty mundane, or or or, or um, but the one that comes to mind is like, it, it was probably three, three or four years ago. Um, I was introduced to a random stranger in the street on Cherokee, and uh, he was just like, "I really like your work," <laughs> and I would just kind of, you know, I just started like posting stuff on Instagram or whatever. And that was, I mean, that was memorable because I was the first person to ever kind of like say that, uh, that I had no idea who they were, mm-hmm. you know, I had never met them before. Uh, I mean, it's, it's particularly nice and it's memorable now because like, I'm, I'm super, uh, close with, uh, with that person now. So, hmm. um, but yeah, that, that kind of took me aback, uh, as far as like the possibilities of what happens when you share things, um, you know, you throw, you throw it out there and you never know who might like turn up and and uh make your evening and become like an integral part of your life so um yes uh, uh, just a simple a simple i really like your work and me being like i don't know who you are <laughs> <laughs> but thank you <laughs> like i'm sorry i didn't follow you back like that sort of thing uh, that's its own podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. oh man no that's that's really sweet and and that that sums up just an amazing idea and and th- and thanks for sharing that and um yeah i mean it, it it's good to have that experience and it's also good to know like the power of being able to provide that experience to other people from the other side of the glass you know yeah simple uh, simple honesty and being open can just goes goes a long way so awesome well we are at the end of the show and uh you know, not to not to make this clunky. The endings are always just kind of clunky. You know, like the it's like okay, I'll see you later. You know, like it was it was good. When's the next time? Yeah, you, I got this. Go- but uh, you know, the way that we like to end our show here is just to go around the table and have uh, give like one final space for each person on the show to talk about anything that they want. You know, if you have something you want to plug, if you have something that you've been thinking about, if you have something that you want to share. Um, that this would be the opportunity for you to do that, Aaron. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have anything uh, particular to add and separate, you know, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on and thanks for doing this in general. Um, you know, I got a chance to uh, do my own little bit of research um, and catch up with uh, with some of your guys' shows in the past. And thanks. I think what you guys are doing is wonderful and uh, I hope you guys continue. Thank you. Thanks, man. Really appreciate that. Well, um, just to take my little space. It felt very synergistic uh, when you when you mentioned you DM'd me your uh, your latest zine, and I I felt like like you were always on a list. And I remember talking to Rick about mm-hmm. your work for a while, and so we were kind of like literally in a space of like, well, who should we get next? And just like making yourself known, you know, just putting yourself out there. And I, I'm really glad we, we, we talked about that today because it happened. It already did. You know, we that's why we're here right now. So 
uh, just I really appreciate you reaching out, man, and I'm so glad that this could work out, and so so excited to see what where where the stuff goes. Yeah, and while I have you three here, thanks for the the wonderful show today, um, uh, for your valuable insights, for for going with the uh, you know going with the good parts and the bad parts, <laughs> <laughs> you know, of of just what it what it means to be in proximity with one another. Uh, Nico in the chat says, coming out alert to say thanks as always for the morning entertainment. Nico, we love you. We appreciate it. Uh, we're always happy to see you here. Boogie Nights, thank you for being here. It's always good to see you here. Um, and thanks to the chat, you know, bringing questions and, and bringing good stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, this proximity that we can create, I think it's important to to have proximity with one another even when, like, it takes extra energy to do so because because we we receive the the value back you know at least like fivefold i'm not exactly sure like how much we receive that back but we definitely receive it back here um, i'm going to switch over to me and send us off so thanks y'all thanks for being here <laughs> that was that you know that was the show that's what our brunch is it's not it's it's uh it's a vibe, you know, it's, it's brunch. It's something that I wish I could do with my artist friends right now and, and don't feel like I can. Um, so again, I want to reiterate, thank you to the chat. Thanks, Rejon Proto, for being here today. Thank you for the kind words, great show and format. What a great time to be alive and experimenting. I totally agree. Before the show today, we were like, we're making TV shows from our houses now. And live stream... Uh, you know, is is the place that I love being. I like what it does for us all to bring us together in a moment when the internet can be so disjointed. So if you enjoyed the stream, if you uh, want to keep up with us, you can follow us on Twitch, subscribe to us on YouTube, go like our Facebook page, um, any of those things. Uh, if you want to support us um, financially, you're able to I would just save it for right now. We've got some things that we're doing uh, that are going to make it a lot easier and a lot more effective. So this money goes to artists um, and some exciting stuff coming up about the nonprofit uh, probably in the next couple of months. So for now, your presence here is amazing. Um, your uh, The things that you share with us are amazing. And we will see you next week. Next week, we have Alejandro Franco and Kelly Jimenez uh, coming on as a couple for Valentine's Day, which is going to be uh, an amazing show. Um, so I'll quit gushing now, and I will see you all next week. <laughs>